fucking confused. <laughs> oh, there's no metronome this week. Okay, are we on now? Yeah. You oh, can, you could turn it off. Yeah, yeah I think it's on. Oh, you oh. Have, oh, well, well, uh, well, just leave it on the whole episode, I guess. Hi, Josh. Hi. We're gonna find out in post. Hi, hi Taylor. All time we can't listen. Yeah, to. I know <laughs> the whole episode gets uploaded just a metronome for two hours. <laughs> hi, guys. Welcome Hello. to episode one twenty. You watch, I listen. Uh, it's September twenty second at the time of this recording. Uh, we switched to a new night, um, so it'll definitely make our football picks more interesting as injuries unfold and the line changes so much. Um, Taylor, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I feel okay. Um, I have a week off, so that's good. What have you been doing with your week off? Uh, chores, bloodborne, getting tattooed, chores, blood, more bloodborne. That's about it. More tattooing? Uh, just well, just the one for now, and then uh, go get your. No, <laughs> we're gonna Not go. Yet. We're gonna plan that on a weekend soon. Josh, how are you? Pretty good. Yeah. Do you like you like the the new night, night arrangement? I do. You said you can do more editing stuff now. I can do more. I'm, editing I'm excited stuff. to see what of, you a lot what of you, fart noises. No, I mean, you could do that while we're recording I can, too. I can, I can. Yeah, we could do a lot of fart noises. Yeah. Uh, we could do actual real fart noises when Dan puts the microphone to his asshole. Yeah, that's true. You, I, you do. Do you have done that a while? I though. did it a few weeks ago, and it hurt. And was it was just the, the fart hurt. It was just one of those farts that feels like, like sharp. A, yeah, it's almost like you feel like someone like a sharp you're, fart. You, you feel like your butthole's a zipper and someone <laughs> opened it. Like, wrong way. Speaking of which, I fucking zipped myself today at work. Did you? I zipped just the helmet like through the underpants, so it was just a quick. Ah! Did, you get the, did you get the beans above the frank? I did not get the beans above the frank because I don't know how the hell you do that. <laughs> Franks and beans. <laughs> um, I had a couple. That was my second pants mishap in the last seventy-two hours because I fucking sharp. On Sunday during the game, that was awesome. I sneeze and just went like it was just a fucking. I felt splat like you're Philip Seymour Hoffman and fucking. No, that's literally what it was. It was and it fucking just a, a splat in my fucking pants. And I was wearing my Zubas. I wasn't wearing underpants. The underpants could have caught it, been like a a buffer. Um, and then I had to scrub my Zubas. Thankfully, I got the duty stain out because it was I brown. Guess Terry doesn't fuck in the fact it's it, tr- it truly doesn't in this case. Yeah, big um, so this is episode 120. You watch, I listen. I uh, got some fun stuff today. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, this week I'm going to be reviewing uh, a band I'd never heard of before Taylor gave it to me, Sunrise Skater Kids Friendville. I forgot to give it. Yeah, yeah, you gave me that album. And uh, so Josh gave me uh, Metallica's Through the Never, and then you also gave me Operation for Now. Yeah, so we will see you guys in just a second on episode 120. Had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? It's time for the You Watch, I Listen podcast. And always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hey, old reliable metronome. So, Taylor, we'll start out. You're off this week, but how was your week since we last recorded? Uh, It's fine. You know, I've just been 
making making money, making bets, and uh, just trying to be as productive as I possibly well, can doing shit know, around my apartment. I know, you know Bob I mean? ruined your night on Friday night with the text messages. Uh, your fault. And well, then, why is it my fault? So I, I I explained this. I explained it to everyone, but it's the same thing I get every single time. Well, I'm just letting you know there was a solid 45 minutes where all you guys legit pissed. I know you were. Yeah. You didn't, you made, you are, didn't do anything. <laughs> you're guilty by association how? with him. What do you mean how? I didn't do anything. He didn't say anything to me. Bob fucking said I was the last one that sent it. I don't you're wrong, so that's fine. And then so it turned into everyone just sending me Chris Chris Evans dick all the time. And then I had to side text Justin because Justin legit felt really bad and yeah. he was on vacation. Yeah. I go, dude, it's fine. But like I need to Okay, you, you well, guys well, did this to me. Well, I need to act like I'm actually pissed off now. Yes, well, because this so this is what happened, right? So they're like, oh comment on Chris Evans' dick. Well, to, to be fair, Bob sent it in the group chat when I didn't even ask him because, to. Just because I don't want to go looking for it. Sure, it's it's got to be lol. So you got to be forced down my throat by you fucking assholes. So, so you wouldn't have been and mad it, so if like if just I, randomly well, I was it, like, here's his dick. Here's here's where here's where the conundrum happens, and here's where I've made a lot of bad decisions with my friends, right? <laughs> friends. Where if I say it's a nice dick, then I'm gay. But then if I say I don't like it, I'm a homophobe. So it's a lose-lose situation that my friends consistently put me in, and it's it's my fault. It's entirely my fault mm. for sticking around as long as I have. Yes. Yeah, well, that was like um, the landlord brought it up the other day, that time when uh, she was just like, you know, man, no, what's, I know. What's your, I know who's, you're your saying. Ma- who's your man crush? And I still would, He's, he's like, I, I don't have one. And then he's like, come on, come on. You gotta have a man crush. And after like five minutes of prying, Taylor finally goes... Chris Pratt, hundred percent. And Landlord goes gay. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I have it was, terrible friends. It was great timing. So you should have uh, just said it to begin with. Who probably wouldn't have done that if you just said it? No, off she yeah. would have. Yeah, she would have. She would have. She she as him. So here's the thing. I wasn't the first person that sent it to you. Bob sent it in the group chat initially. I know. And then I know how the order of operations that, went. And I was there. Was it who sent it to you? Well, it was Bob that sent it to you first, right? Bob sent it. Then Justin sent it. And then you sent it because you just couldn't fucking help yourself. Yeah, I waited. And I then, waited. Uh, I, yeah, I, I did, did. Actually, wait. Actually, you did wait. I got lumped in somehow. I had some restraint. <laughs> See, like I said, you're collateral damage, Josh. Yeah, you're, yeah. All, you're always in the damage. The Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> His family gets blown up 20 minutes in. Um, yeah, so, anyway. okay, now can you at least say, like, all right, impressive. You don't have to say it's nice, just an impressive dick. Because it is an impressive dick. Sure. Fucking <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, it is. Like, listen, if I was packing that heat, I would be posting dick pics by accident regularly. Okay. Um, but it's America's dick. That's what we could say. As far that as I'm concerned, funny. that's America's dick. <laughs> Josh, how was your week? Uh, pretty good. You know, uh, uh, another long work week. It's just been a string of those. Uh, I also got tattooed. I caught up on the boys. Yes. Yeah, um, which we'll talk about. Yeah, catching up on the boys is the only thing I really did this week, to be honest. Okay. I mean, that's something. It, at least it's like, it's something cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, my week was fine. It was not, pretty much uneventful. Uh, went up to a party on Saturday. Uh, fi- it was nice because I love like when it becomes fall. Yeah. And you can start doing the fires outside when the weather's like fucking perfect for it. So I uh, did that. Smoked a nice cigar. Uh, someone brought me a Romeo Juliet. So that was really nice. Uh, especially love smoking cigars in the fall, too, when it's uh, nice, warms you up a little bit. Definitely chain smoked like 30 cigarettes because I didn't want to be around that many people. It had nothing to do with COVID. I just 
just don't want to be around that many people. Inside, outside, whatever. Watch the fights. We'll talk about that. Um, and outside of that, it was uh, a pretty uh, uneventful. Like Friday, I didn't do shit. Like, I, what did I even have for fucking dinner? Oh, I, I got a. I had five guys for the first time, and I didn't shit my ass. That's nice. So my body has adapted to it a little bit, and it was really good. Did you get an extra patty? Of course I did. I'm an adult. <laughs> I got fucking two double burgers. So, yeah. and then, uh, That's a lot uh, even for me, dude. I know, and I ate it all. I was so fucking hungry after work on Friday. Um, and, yeah, outside of that, it's been uh, pretty cool. Uh, I love having football back. It's a nice sense of normalcy into a world that doesn't seem very normal right now. I'm sure you guys would agree. Yes. Um, oh, you got your fucking toys. Stuck under the generator, you dummy. You have no one to blame but yourself. Doc. Taylor, keep talking for a second. I'm going to get that for her. But I mean, other than that, um, I, I can. I think it was Monday. I played Bloodborne for like eight hours, and I keep thinking I'm making a debt in the progress. And guess what? I'm not, yeah. dude. It's like you said you were going to try it. You, you have you tried it yet or no? So what I've been doing this week in gaming is um, this week in gaming. I, I like that. I read a blog about the worst way to play Fallout 4, and I decided I was going to try it. Okay. I get out of the vault, I go back to Sanctuary, and okay. I don't leave. <laughs> I just start building the settlement right there with okay. the limited resources that you have. And okay. then you have to build uh, a, a signal beacon to get people to come and live at your settlement. Yeah. And then you can assign them to trade routes, and then you get more more materials to build more shit that way. Okay. So basically, it's like a shitty version of Minecraft that takes forever. Oh, why would you do that? I, I don't think I could ever play Minecraft. I don't know, because... Minecraft the, was a lot of fun, actually. This, I believe that. This fucking thing that the guy wrote made it seem like it's, oh, it's pretty cool, and you know what? It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, it's probably... It, probably it, it creates a different up. challenge in a game that you've probably played over yeah, a dozen exactly. times. Exactly. So I get that. Well, There's, I mean, speaking of fault, we should probably talk about that Bethesda deal, too. With yeah, yeah, I actually have that written down here. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, so why don't we get into our reviews for this week? Um, Taylor, what do you want to do? You want to? Can, can I go first? Because I got sure, two. Sure, sure. All right, so I'm going to go with uh, Metallica's Into the Never first. Through uh, the Never, right? Through the Never. Whatever, I, whatever it is. And, in, uh, in Through the Never. So I... He mentioned it. Josh mentioned it last night, and I completely forgot about it. So my point you know what's was funny. I knew you were going to forget about it. And I thought about saying something. I said no. He should be writing it down or at least texting it to himself. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I was. My plan was to wake up this morning early, watch it, and then do all my shit. And then I wake up at eleven, and I'm like, ugh, I got I shit a, to do. I have a tattoo appointment at twelve. Yeah. So I go get that done. It, it runs a little longer, and then I said, you know what? All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hammer this out. So I rent it and I put it on and I watched it maybe about four, an hour before I got here. Uh, I don't know what the fuck was happening with the movie part <laughs> of it. I didn't really understand that part except for the dude going to get fucking uh, a, a, something from a truck. I guess uh, the only cool part of that whole story, quote unquote, was him lighting himself on fire and fighting. It's the whole very mob. very well made. Yeah. Like it's 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 it, they, whoever produced and edited it did a great job. I like the, the stage progressively breaking down. Shit's going wrong. Yeah. Um, but the, it's just, it's, it, I understand. It's bizarre. Not actors, it, it's such bad acting <laughs> by James and Lars and everybody. Like when the, the stage is collapsing, the lights are falling in and everything's getting fucked up. James just goes, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. And he just gets on his knees and like, like he's a fucking NPC in, in a, in a fallout. Game. Would you have rather watched The Wiz? No. <laughs> But uh, I also, I also like when I was watching, I was like, man, I really, 
I, I I'm just very like uh, like not up to date or like haven't listened to Metallica in a while, and I have I couldn't remember a lot of the songs until the chorus. So I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like Creeping Death was great. Metallica is one of those bands where I go on kicks to them for like a month at a time. Yeah. It, it, there's just certain ones like for they're all I'll listen to for a month. Metallica. Tool, Nine Inch Nails, like there's other certain men's are always in rotation. Yeah. Those are ones that once I start listening, it's like, all right, I listen to Ride the Lightning. Oh, I'm gonna listen to Kill 'Em All. Like I just go and go and go. Dude, what the one part, the one reload. part of the movie where they're building the Kill 'Em All statue and yeah. just like little to the left. I'm like, like when he's trying to like tell the people how to do it while he's playing the concert, like he's being a foreman. Yeah, yeah. As he's, I'm like, just fucking stop. Just, just fucking build it. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> but uh, overall, I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I wish I would have remembered and watched it like without in, without in like in a rush or on was, some medicine. It was pretty cool. Uh, so I'll give it, but I'll give it like a five because it's really not a movie, but it's a great concert. Yeah, it's so like, I'll a, give it's, it like a six. It's actually. a long music video. Yeah, it's like if if Thriller was a full le- a feature length movie. Yeah. So yeah. you know, actually, no. I'll give it a. I'll give it a five seven. Cool. I, what What I'll say is that you know your your viewing experience was probably a lot different from mine this time because you know I watched it with the lights and I watched it with the yeah that had to be out. fucking cool. It was it. If I blocked everything out and just took in the sounds of the crowd noise and took in the fact that my lights in my room are going along with the lights on the TV. Oh, okay. Like it. It's an experience. It's an experience, and it it made me remember and really appreciate what it's like to be at a show. Right. Yeah, I will say that I, I did. I do miss that part. And I, if I did see Metallica live, that stage, while it looks cool, would probably annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. And and no, and it's me being a jerk about it because like you know like like you know Tataro's rocking around. Everyone's everybody's walking around, and just Kurt's not playing at all. <laughs> he's just and, standing there, and like he like he's just he's just playing he's just playing James. His riffs, so yeah, it, like it's layered live, and uh, just like I'm like being a fan, and like they got the four corners, and you got Lars in the middle. And I'm sitting there and I'm wondering, I'm like, if I'm at one of the points of the stage and there's no member of the band in front of me, I'm fucking pissed. And then Napster. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Napster, man. Um, but yeah, I'll give it a 5.7. Okay, was, so you were entertained. Cool. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. And it was cool to listen to the music. And like Josh said, the, I have watched a bunch. I told you I watched Disaster Pieces last week and I watched yeah. Nine Inch Nails uh, live concert, which is another like unbelievable one. All that could have been live is I've been, because I do miss going to concerts. I miss going to fucking shows. And who knows when the fuck, I know they just shut down in the UK, they're 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 isolated concerts because they've been, COVID's been traced to a bunch of them because people aren't fucking doing. They're going to fucking other things. You, people get drunk, they're not going to listen. Yeah, fucking exactly. idiots. People I can't saying, listen when they're sober. The, the only thing I, I picked up from that movie was um, basically going to a metal show, metal, yeah. metal show in particular, and because of the riot, you know, the riots between the cops and yeah, the, yeah. whatever the fuck those people were. Um, you know, uh, going to a metal show is buying ticket to a legal riot. Yeah, more or less. I you mean, know? yeah, especially back then. My brother was out the show that uh, in upstate New York when Guns N' Roses decided not to take take the stage and it got bad. My brother got fucking trampled at that. <laughs> he, I think he still has the shirt of that's covered in his blood. Like, Jesus. it's just brown now it looks like duty. I also thought it was interesting, you know, to light a guy on fire because of a pyro malfunction when it happened to James. Yeah, that's true. And it almost killed him. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jackson lit himself on fire auditioning... Or warming up for the Super Bowl halftime show. His yeah, fucking, but, he, but he still performed. And James, it was one James of, had to go get and it, skin grabs. And it was one of the greatest fucking halftime shows ever. Big fact. Just stands there for five minutes in silence and thinking about diddling kids. 
Yeah, it was just, just you know, Roman Reigns. <laughs> Do different. not diddle, kids. That was like Roman Reigns the night after wrestling. Oh, that was great. After you beat The Undertaker. This is my yard now. That was fuck, Walks that, out. I don't care what anyone says about Roman Reigns. That was fucking great. That was awesome. That was great because the crowd hated it and he just fucking hated it. it so, so much heat. It was great, dude. And now, he's an, now they finally realize three years later, oh, he's a really good heel. He's <laughs> a heel now. And they changed his music and they changed his outfit finally. And they put him with Paul Heyman, something they should have done to him three years ago so he didn't get unnecessary hate. Yeah. All right, Taylor. Thanks. All Round right, so, two. And then the other movie you gave me was called Operation Finale. With, Os- with basically, I- the two main characters are Oscar Isaac and Ben Kingsley. Ben Sir Kingsley ben plays. Kingsley. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Yeah. But uh, Ben Kingsley plays Adolf Eichmann, yes. the, the architect of the Final Solution. He was like the accountant, more or less. He was the one that made sure yeah. things. It wasn't Mussolini making the trains run on time. It was. It was. I mean, <laughs> it truthfully, was, it, no, it was Adolf Eichmann. Yeah. Um. So um, let me let me start off uh, with my grade. Gets a five. Okay. Fair. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's that that there's a couple issues I have with it. The, the story itself, while it, there is again, it's based on a true story. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, what, there's a lot of things that you have to take uh, creative liberties with, which I understand. Absolutely, I totally get it. But the pacing is where that was I get my annoyed. biggest issue with the movie as well. The pacing. So when they're trying to figure out who Eichmann is, they think they might have found him in Argentina. There's that girl Sylvia that that finds his nephew Klaus. They start dating, and then they get a positive ID. Yeah. And the way they find out is uh, Mossad in Israel is getting all this intel about tips. where he might be. So then Oscar Isaac's character, Peter, I want to say Malkin, but it's, I don't think it's his last name. It's a little more Jewish than that. Yeah, it's a yeah. little more, yeah. <laughs> um, like they're trying to find out if it's him or not. And, and he's it, kind of like uh, um, disgraced because yeah. of a, a failed uh, case recently. Yeah. So the other thing that's, that, that really annoyed me that I noticed right off the bat was when they're trying to find out or figure out that it's him, he just pulls up, he just picks up a piece of paper and goes, why is this date important? Because 25 years ago, Adolf Eichmann married his, married his, uh, married his wife. It's Adolf Eichmann. Is uh, I, I kept calling him in my notes, Roberto Clemente. <laughs> But why? Because I don't know why. Because it's Ricardo Clemente. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. You, yeah. That's his fake so name. The first thing I thought of was Roberto Clemente, yeah. the baseball player. Yeah, the one that died. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was like, but that, but that really annoyed me because it's like, oh, matter of fact, with so no con- positive so, ID. So conveniently, it's right there, and oh, the pieces fall together. Yes, I agree with that. That that was kind of annoying. Um, I think they grabbed him a little too quickly, like when they go and actually abduct him. Yeah. Uh, the pa- it, again, the pacing. Like there were moments where you think it's building something and it slows down, and then it happens. And then it's there. Yeah. And I thought the way some things fell in place, specifically the whole storyline with the girl that was seeing Eichmann's, what he said was his nephew, but it was actually his son. Yeah. I like how that all unfolded. She goes to the little hidden Nazi rally in Argentina. I thought that was a really well done scene. Kingsley was great. Yeah. Kingsley, Kingsley and Oscar good. Isaac were both great in the role. Um, with, with um, I would say, average rating. Oh, you know what I'll say, too? I want to give a special shout out. To Nick Kroll, who was great. Yeah, in Nick this Kroll dude. was awesome. Nick in Kroll it. was very. I was good. so pumped when I saw him in it, and he was great in a serious role. I was like, wait a minute, why is Ruxin in? Yeah, this Rodney role? Ruxin. Why? Yeah, yeah. Ruspin. Ruspin. <laughs> but uh, did, Rodney Bomb. Yeah, Rod- <laughs> Rodney Bomb. No, um, the other the other thing. Uh, so that that secret Nazi rally was really really weird because like you had the again it's Argentina so it, I. I don't uh, what like what it's a form of Spanish. I don't know if they speak actual Spanish uh, down there. Okay, it's a form yeah, of Spanish, yeah. like you know, like gracias, señor, sure, sure. amigo. So it's weird hearing saying Herr Eichmann, señor. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just weird, like mixing of the dialects, um, and it's just like it's 
it's almost it's pretty much a heist movie is what it is. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. They do speak a form of Spanish in Argentina. I, I just um, I don't know if there's an exact. It's, it's not Portuguese. It's it, uh, there's a lot of uh, wow because there's so much international migration. Um, there's blends of Arabic, Italian, German, English, and French in Argentina. I, yeah. So it's a form of like broken Spanish. It, exactly. Um, so my the Cucci last she speaks broken English. So. <laughs> Coochie speaks stupid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to say about it uh, was actually at the end of the movie. It was basically Argo at the yeah, end of the movie. Yeah, for sure. They're trying to get him on the plane and get him the fuck I out of there. I would call this a poor man's Argo. Yeah, that's Pretty a good much. way to describe it. Uh, entertaining, but a poor man's Argo. Yeah, I, I liked it. I was surprised for two for two hours how quick it went by. It does go by quick, yeah. yeah despite I, pacing issues. It, I don't even know if pacing is the right word. It's structure, I think, okay, is the problem. That makes more sense. Because pacing means it drags or right. it goes so fast that you don't know what's happening. Structure. It definitely went by quick, which actually helped a little bit. Yeah. Because if it dragged, I would hate this Yeah, movie. for sure, I for sure. I fucking hate it. And I will say, the first time I saw it, I probably had it more to five, and when I watch it again this week, I'm like, alright, six and a half, I think, is where I'm at. I I was I was thoroughly entertained. It's uh, it's one of these ones that, like, I didn't love it, but if I catch it on, like, I'm flipping through their channels, and it's on, oh, I'll leave this on. I went from loving it to, like, really hating it to, like, okay, I get it, to loving it, to hating it. I, like, literally wave It made you emotion. feel something, though. But, um, like, I did... And it, they did actually did a good job of actually like giving Eichmann some like you feeling humanizing for his, him. They yeah. humanized him, which is very Fe- hard to do. Feeling for his humanity and trying to you know they're trying to get the the signature so that way they can get the plane and leave yeah, the country. Yeah. There were so many different things happening all at once, and everything kind of just culminates in two very very big moments of Oscar Isaac kind of telling everybody, yeah, you know, or Oscar Isaac is like you can't tell this guy what what your name is, don't yeah. reveal, and you know he. He spills the beans to Eichmann. Yeah. And then when Eichmann's finally on the plane, and then when they, when they see each other in the courtroom at the end of the movie, yep. and I'm like, okay, you know, it's... I love the last, like, half hour of the movie. I think the half hour is done. Last half hour, the third act is done. The best part of the movie, I think. I wish they would have gone into a tiny the, the bit... The trial? Of, uh, not even the trial, because, like, that's a real thing. You could look that yeah, up. Yeah. It's not a big deal. You can go into how the fuck uh, Oscar Isaac's character Peter got back, because he got left... Yeah. He got left in Argentina. I would have been interested to see that as well. You know well. what I mean? Like, how do you get back? He's literally, like, he's got the uh, the Argentinian form of the Gestapo coming after yeah. him. And they just left I w- without I would him. love a feature-length documentary about this. Because obviously with movies, you take creative liberties because you have to dramatize it. And you got to make things. Like Argo, I love Argo. But it's incredibly sensationalized at the of end. It, it wasn't that much of a daring escape. But it's fine. Because you know the, the build-up to it is what mattered. And in this one, I, I would have been interested to see what happened to Peter. Um, the trial was so fast. Fascinating when you read into it because of things like he was illegally taken out of Argentina because they broke international law, yep. despite him being this fugitive. Um, the, the CIA only revealed back in 2008 that they knew he was in Argentina all that time, and they didn't want to do anything about it because it didn't benefit the Cold War operation. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah, so um, what, so you give it a 5 out of 10? Yeah, give it a 5. Okay. I'm glad you're entertained by it. Again, it's one that I was probably in the same boat. I was like, oh, it's good. For what it is, it's good. And then yeah. I watched it again. I was like, all right, I, I get why I was entertained by this movie. Yeah. Again, it's one of those ones that I, it's probably in the same boat as like a Valkyrie for me. Valkyrie's probably a little bit better. I like Valkyrie I, better. I, I like Valkyrie better. Because but Tom Cruise. I don't think Valkyrie's great, but I love it. 
it's one of those ones like when it's on, I'm watching it, and it's probably going to be the same thing for me with this movie. It's like you shouldn't love it, but you do. Yeah, because Valkyrie is the same kind of thing. Like it created tension around something that you know didn't happen. They did not assassinate Adolf Hitler, but it still created this great tension. And it's Tom Cruise. So big facts. All right, Taylor. So you gave me uh, Sunrise Skater Kids, uh, Friendville. Now this is the lead singer. Uh, he's a YouTube creator. He was in the other band you gave me, Cra- Crazy Eighty Eight. Yeah. So he was in the Crazy Eighty Eight. He was a YouTuber. He's known which I like that album a lot. He's known for parody, and he's known for making fun of the scene in general. This is like a side project that he he wrote music for, and it came out in twenty seventeen. Yeah. So okay. he didn't sing on this. It was another band that I okay. I, 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 the name escapes me at the moment, but he wrote, he directed a lot of stuff. Okay. So he wasn't videos. the one singing on this. No, got you. Okay. No. Josh, did you get to listen to it at all? Okay. Because I texted Josh and I said you got to listen to this album at least once. Now, generally, when I do that, it means I love the album, mm-hmm. and that is not no different here. I fucking love this. How funny, is <laughs> dude. Uh, it's beyond just funny. It's so smart, and it, it there's moments where it takes itself kind of seriously, not being too serious, and there's times where it just so doesn't give a fuck about anything it does. Musically, it's great. Mm-hmm. If this was any pop punk band that you know well, if it's fucking Newfound Glory, if it's fucking um, uh, uh, Knuckle Puck, if it's Neck Deep, it's fucking great. But then you listen to the lyrics, right. you're like, there's only two songs on here that lyrically I would say are semi-serious. Yes. Um, and the first song, that's Garage Door. That one kind of is a typical, every trope of pop punk, the opening track on a pop punk album. Don't, don't you love how it starts and he's trying to plug the guitar in and they start yelling at <laughs> yeah, him? Yeah. Plug it in. Dude, it's, it, I love all that little shit into it. Um, I eventually, I, I just wrote them down now, but I stopped rating the songs at one point because I just was like, this is a five. There's no song on here that isn't a five. Mm-hmm. So Garage Door, it's the only song that isn't like a full-on parody, even though it's kind of just playing into the trope of what every pop punk album, the first song on it is like. The next song, The Catch You on. Now this is a song, if I had heard it by any other band that was that taking the, the structure of it, I'd probably hate but because it was acknowledging that almost all these, I would say uh, mainstream pop punk bands always put that one radio song on there that oh, is kind of just catchy and I usually find them annoying and they did all the little things that those songs do that annoy me like at the end where it's like stop, 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 stop and they yeah. speed it up they acknowledge it that he even says this isn't even my favorite album on the song it's one they just knew they had to, had to record yeah. brilliant Pit Warrior fucking rules Dude, how good is Pit that? Warrior is so funny because it's just talking about the one guy at any show in a mosh pit that is breaking every fucking rule there is he stage dives feet first, and he's cra- he's kicking the whole time. He's crowd surfing. Dude, surf. it's so fucking funny. Lacey, get your ass down. You could bite him. Yeah, um, so I, the I, tattoo I, I just got. I, good. I love the the end lyrics where it's punch a fourteen year old girl, throw her into the merch table. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Wait, what? How did it go? It's like um, it's at the show where no one's moving. The crowd is there, but I'll keep swinging. Oh, dude, just a um that, that douche bag. bag. Get kicked out of the venue and find his way back. In. There's always that guy at one of these fucking shows. I love that. Friendville is fucking brilliant as a song because it's talking about every fucking loser scene dude that's 25 hanging out with 18-year-old girls and that his fucking thing is like, well, I got all these friends on Facebook. It used to be... like I was listening to it and thinking about back in the day on MySpace when these scene kids all had... What's that? I'm doing some math. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good call. Uh, I know I know what he's doing. I see the wheels turning. Um, <laughs> but 
I was <laughs> I was thinking about more more of the MySpace scene kids that had like three thousand to ten thousand friends. I, am I on the same page here? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just figured it out. Um, but where the whole song um, is about the dude that is the gro- is the one that's over twenty one that could buy beer for the fucking eighteen year old kids. Yep. That he he's bringing them uh, vape juice that isn't FDA approved is one of the lyrics. Um, just there's all these fucking little things in there that point out every tiny fucking thing that's wrong with the scene kids that are hanging out with people that are way too young for them. Dude, talk so, about trigger warning. Oh, oh well, I'm going to get to that next. But the, the next song is Rilo Ken, which is a Star Wars fan I fucking love. Because it's literally <laughs> the story about Kylo Ren's perspective in The Force Awakens. Where he's, he's ta- literally it's like, I'll stab you through the chest is the chorus. But it's about how, Dad, you don't understand me. There's something dark inside me. Girl, your parents left you in the desert. Uh, and then it goes into yelling at fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Hux, uh, Hux, General Hux. And then the Black guy, you ruined it. You're a traitor, and it's the typical acoustic song on a pop punk album where it's like got the catchy chorus yeah. and it's a fast paced acoustic song. Fucking hilarious. Trigger warning is great. Okay, so trigger warning. The, there's a few things in this I love. First off, it's telling the trope of the uh, again the scene kid that pretends to be a social justice warrior just to get with girls, even though he doesn't feel that way. He's the guy that is manipulating girls all the time, but he pretends that he's a, for women's rights and that equal rights and things like that. We know a guy like that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, when uh, the thing I love is when they do that whole thing where he's like, uh, he whistles at the girl because she's hot and they start, you cisgender! They're yelling oh at God. him. And then it gets into this fucking heavy breakdown and I just pictured fucking some liberal social justice warrior blowing up and that's what the whole structure of the song is at that point on the breakdown. Oh, fucking God. hilarious. Are you trying to play it? You I'm could just... Tr- yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find that one part. I'm sorry. Are you ruining the whole thing? Dude, it's literally like that's what's going on in a social justice warrior's head when they get offended. Just Dude. everything blows up. I love that whole fucking but the breakdown. Thing is, he's talking about it in 2016 before it was ever like a real thing. Yeah, yeah. You know I, I mean, mean, it like, started becoming a thing because you got to think 2016 was the Trump election and those videos of the right. people freaking the fuck out and yeah. ah, screaming. And that's what I pictured was going on in their head was that kind of breakdown. Dude, that's so funny. Um, I loved Exposure Bank because the thing it pointed out there was, and it talked about how they, people wonder why punk is dead, but it was also pointing out that the reason is because most of these kids that follow the scene, they pirate every fucking song. Yep. They're like, oh, I'll buy some merch, but you're not buying my fucking music. Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, you know, it's fine. We could download a car is one of the lyrics. Very, very smart to point out the hypocrisy amongst a lot of these scene kids, so I really like that. Now, Rain of My Parade, okay? Yeah. This song reminded me of a song off the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus album. Um, um, was, it, was it the first one? like uh, The one that had Face Down on it. Is it like a, uh, Atrophy? No, no. It, had, it was a song that had piano on it. Oh, hold on. I got to pull up the name of the song. Damn Regret? No, it was a piano. It was like a slow song, just like this song. Your Guardian Angel. Yeah, you're, okay, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that whole album was kind of fast-paced, and then this song comes on, and it's a power ballad because it's piano. Yeah. But the lyrics to it, you listen to it, and he's do, singing with an inflection, too. Because the whole, So, Josh, this whole song, he's talking about this girl that like let him down, but he's singing like he has an English 
accent and he goes I never saw your boobs <laughs> like he literally it's all about how he never got to feel this girl's boobs or see them but he pronounces cock as caulk he tries to say Netflix and chill he says not flux and chill so it's just like a lot of these emo pop punk bands they get a British accent when they sing yep. thought that was fucking hilarious um, literally that the inflection he put on there boobs I was fucking howling at um, nothing special I like because it was a song that's on every pop any album really towards the end of the album it's just filler you almost forget it's a song on the album more often than not and the lyrics are all about how it's just filler they spent an hour writing it they don't really care why are you still listening to this <laughs> great now the second to last track all the old things was brilliant brilliant because it's first off I saw the title I was like oh it sounds like all the small things and you listen to it I texted myself all the bands that I, I the bands I picked up on that they were parodying Okay. Starts out some 41. Yes. Blink-182, Bowling for Soup, Offspring, All-American Rejects, Cartel, Avril Lavigne, Motion City Soundtrack, Newfound Glory, Good Charlotte, Green Day, Paramore, Jimmy Eat World, Fallout Boy, Yellow Card. Pretty much. There's definitely a couple I missed in there, but I loved uh, how... Car- cartel's in there. Car- I said Cartel. Oh, you did? I, um, oh. I loved how they were acknowledging bands specifically like Fallout Boy that kind of sold out who they were to become a number one Billboard hit with songs like Uma Thurman, literally making fun of the bands that do that. Because they know they're going to make more money, but they're selling out their morals. Brilliant. That uh, every like I said, every song is a five. The last song is the one I would say is the next like semi serious song was Mother's Milk. Really, really well done song. Um, there's not like a lot like there's not the, the parody to it like there is in the other ones, but it's a really good song. Yeah. The whole album, if you even if you like don't like pop punk, and for the reasons that this album is making fun of it, this album is worth listening to. I had such a blast listening to this. I listened to this so many times this week. Now that I have a longer drive back and forth. To work. It was my ride to work, my ride from work. When I'm out driving, I fucking loved everything about this. To make a parody album that isn't just funny, but it's well done, and the music on it is fucking great, is a serious achievement. This kid, I know he's not the one singing, but he wrote it, and he composed everything, I'm assuming. He probably worked with the band on the music and the structure. Absolutely a super, super talented kid. Um, Loved it. Five out of five. One of the best albums I've gotten on the show. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. So, Taylor, my pick for this week. I'm going to do... So, I gave you an option of three movies last week. Um, I'm going to give you... You picked one of them. I'm going to leave you with the other two that you did not pick. Now, one of them was a a really nice coming-of-age story. Uh, More recent. um, You know, I I, I actually really, really like this movie. But it's a coming-of-age story. And the other one is a really uh, intense, unique, heavy, um, but badass A24 film. Uh, what was the last A24 movie we did? Boy State? No. Boy State was definitely the last A24 we did. And, and that was two weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, we got to go three weeks in a row with no A24, so go okay. to the other one. All right, so the one I'm going to give you, um, you know Haley Steinfeld? She was the girl in uh, True Grit with uh, yes. Jeff Bridges. Okay, yes. so this stars her. It's called The Edge of 17. Um, this is, I was, I went and actually saw this movie with the landlord and uh, Courtney. Um, uh, Ralph was away at one point, so we decided to go to the movies. The wife? Um, yeah, the wife. We could say her name because Ralph's not on the show anymore. So Courtney. Okay. Um, so we decided to go see this. I knew nothing about it. Thought I was going to hate it because coming of age stories can be very, very hit or miss with me. Um, so it's a pretty, you know, those concepts are very simple. Haley Steinfeld plays a girl that's like uh, awkward, angsty. She has an older brother that's like the popular jock kid. Um, a horrible event happens in her life. Uh, that it, it's a PG-13 movie. It's not like it's going to show, not like hereditary horrific, but something sure. tragic happens to her sure. um, that really changes her life and makes her more awkward. She really only has one friend. 
And then the story just kind of evolves from there. You get to see her kind of come into her own. You get to see her her troubles with her friendship. She has a rough relationship with her brother, who, again, is the popular kid. Um, how she's developing relationships around her, her relationship with her mother. Um, Woody Harrelson's in this also. Um, uh, plays the teacher that, like, is the only one that like kind of gets her. Almost like in uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. I was about to ask, like, Paul it's, Rudd it's, Perks of Being it's a Wallflower? It's kind of along the same lines as that. It's not as heavy as Perks of Being a Wallflower, but um, I, I was shocked at how much I liked this movie. Um, the, you know, I... Perks of Being a Wallflower is a coming-of-age story I love. I think it's brilliant. I thought this was a brilliantly well-done movie. It's completely different than what we normally give here, because I've actually found it to be a very heartwarming movie. Um, she's an amazing, amazing actress. Very talented. Super fucking hot as well. Um, so, the pick for you this week is The Edge of Seventeen. Okay. I'm actually, you know, I, I kind of need some. I want something like a little nice. Yeah, one. yeah, but you're coming up on October, dude. Yeah, I know, so <laughs> can't fucking wait for all that shit. I'm going to try and give you horror this year that isn't horrifying, more like like a fun horror. Like, uh, like, like uh, Werewolves of London? Uh, American Werewolf in London? Yeah, along those lines. Uh, ooh, yeah, yeah. I was going to try and give you sorry. fucking uh, <laughs> Zephon. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, all summer long. I'm just going to give you Zephon concerts every day. Oh no, I want to try and give you horror that, like, there might be one in there that's like a... Well, a seminal classic, but there's a few recently. One that's old that's like uh, the horror comedy. Well, so, I mean, I, I just told you last week, I mean, obviously with with uh, how much I've been playing Bloodborne, how, like, I have an affinity now for, for a Lovecraftian horror and stuff sure. like that. So I, I kind of just wanted... I, I, if it's good, I'll watch it. If it, You know what I'm saying? Like, I really don't have a problem with any of that. Well, you're going to so, watch it regardless. Yeah, well, it's fine, whatever. So uh, the album I'm going to give you this week is by a band from the U.K., um, came out in 2015. It's their first album ever. Um, the uh, the band is called Ocean's Eight Alaska, and the fucking uh, album is called Lost Isles. Um, I'll repeat it because you're looking to get Lacey's Ocean's stupid eight, toy. Eight Alaska. What? Ocean's Eight Alaska. I thought you said Washington Eight Alaska. Washington Eight Alaska. But yeah, it's it's called Ocean's Eight. Seven eight nine. Yeah. <laughs> Ocean's Eight Alaska. The album is called Lost Isles. Um, this is a type of metal that's not really too. Um, popular and the reason being is because it's so all over the place and it's not like infant annihilator crazy but it is well, i hope not but it is a little bit like it's a bit scattered but when you when everything comes together everything makes a lot of sense okay um Again, it was recorded in 2015. Um, their lead singer at the time, his name was James Harrison, not the football player. Oh, that would have been fucking cool. <laughs> but this way, it sounds like this James Harrison either got kicked out of the band or he's dead. Uh, he got kicked out okay. for silly reason because so like it was something silly like he just like he cheated on his girlfriend and he got kicked out for that. Like, right, exactly. If I, if I could take a picture of the face Dan just made, what? Like, yes, was the girlfriend like the fucking no, manager for I, the band? I, I, I honestly have no idea, but that's just, dumb. But anyway, um, it's fucking phenomenal the okay. first time i listened to it i hated it because what's the name of the album again um lost isle lost isle lost isles whatever however you say it and uh like i said the first time i listened to it i fucking couldn't stand it because it's like who listens to this garbage and then <laughs> you do apparently about three years <laughs> later I okay was like okay I, like it just ocean alaska came on and i'm like okay let's just, you know fuck it like let's give it another shot thank you for the dart do you want a dart okay and uh, i was like okay and then I listened to the first song, Blood Brothers, which is the one I want to highlight. That song sold me instantly. And then I found out that they kicked out the lead singer for that stupid fucking thing. And I haven't listened to the newer album, which only came out in 2017. They've been kind of a When's this album then. from? 2015. So yeah, pick this week is Ocean's 8 Alaska, uh, Lost Isle. I have not seen them. Okay. I wish I did because I would like to hear what they sound like live. And when you, okay. when you listen, you'll be, you'll be more curious 
I'll be surprised well, if you I've, like it at I've all. I've told you that there's been bands I've the albums you've given me where the album didn't translate for me, but I was like live, I could get this. Like I said, I you know I'm not a newfound glory fan, but when you give me that live album, like I get it. Like I was like I, I like so it. much energy. I know. Bro. I was like I I totally get it. Um. All right. So why don't we start out? Um. I'll start out. Uh, what I watched this week. Okay. Um. So I watched a new Train to Busan Peninsula. Oh um, fuck! It's, where is it? It's on my Plex. Okay. Cool. Um. It you just I, you when you go to it, you're gonna have to ask me how to turn on subtitles because they don't automatically pop up, but it's just a setting thing. No, uh, I don't need subtitles. I'll just watch. Yeah, it. just watch it like that. I speak fluent Korean. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that episode of It's Always Sunny when they're trying to make Charlie a genius. Flowers <laughs> for Charlie, and he thinks he's speaking fluent Mandarin. He's like, you were just speaking gibberish. Okay. <laughs> um. I probably gotta watch so, Train to Prison again before. Um. I watch Peninsula that. is really. It's not as good as the first one, but it's still really fucking good. Is there a continuation at all? No. It's it's its own thing. Um, it, it's in it's, the same it, universe. Yeah, it's in the same same event happening in a different spot, more or less. Okay. Um, but it was really cool. Um, I watched the newest episode of The Boys, which it just keeps getting better. Are you fully caught up, Josh? Yeah. You're not caught up, right? No, I need four. Oh my god, dude! It's so good. Stormfront is so good. I love what I did. Guess that was what it was. The, yeah. There's a big reveal. I did. I called that one. The landlord was like, "All right, all right," but it's great. How great is Homelander? He's so good. He's that guy for being a nobody is a yeah. great actor. Yeah, he's he's a great actor. The whole cast is good though. Carl Urban had me fucking. He, he said something like being cunty, and I was fucking howling. He has he has the one time when I watched the boys a couple months ago, the first season. He has the one line where I laughed the hardest when he's like the first time he's talking to Huey. He's talking about the red pill or the blue pill. Take the red pill, you go back to your stupid job, you take the blue pill. Which is the red pill? Yeah, I, I love that. Either way, you take the other pill and you quit being a cunt. Oh, like, it's just he, so said some, he said something like about being twatty. He said twatty and I lost I it. I fucking love Dad, can we get Dread 2, please? I know, I want Urban? Dread 2. Um, so watch the boys. It, I, again, it's fucking fantastic. Um, and then I watched on Sunday uh, that new Netflix movie, The Devil All the Time, with Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Robert Pattinson, um, and Sebastian Stan. Fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. It's definitely got a big Coen Brothers feel to it. There's some heavy shit in it. It gets really, really... Sisters. What was it? The Cohen sisters. Yeah, no, that's the Wachowskis. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the Wachowskis. That'd be I don't know. I honestly, I, I can't. No, the Wachowskis. Again? again, yeah, another another pair of sibling directors. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. So, uh, The Devil that All the Time. That was genuine. I don't want people to get fuck, mad at me. That's fucking. Say I'm a Russian f- asset. Yeah, you probably are. Um, fuck but you. No, no, this movie, dude, was fucking great. Robert Pattinson. So, there's all these people in it, and they all have, like, uh, and Riley Keough's in it also from The Lodge. The girl from the, Elvis's granddaughter, she's in it. Um, um, a guy, oh my god, what's his name? The dude from the second Planet of the Apes movie, whose name I'm forgetting now, who's a fucking awesome actor. He was in the newest Pet Cemetery. He was the father. Wasn't in he? It. Wasn't he the newest oh, Jason Terminator? Clark. Jason Clark. Yeah, he was in Genesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's great. He's, He's in it. Awesome. All these guys only have like I would say each of them has about 30 minutes combined screen time, but they make it work, and it's all the stories coming to an ahead, which I love movies like that. Big No Country for Old Men feel to it, I like that. but it gets really dark. Robert Pattinson is fucking awesome in it. Tom Holland is fucking great in it. Skarsgård's always fucking great. Um, definitely give that one a chance. You guys will both like it a lot, a lot I think. Um, and then outside of that, I'm still watching that HBO documentary, The Vow, about that cult, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, fucked up, but cool. Um, and yeah, that's it. What about you, Taylor? What did you watch this week? The Nothing. League? I, I, well, I started watching The League again, and it's still very fucking funny. Um, like the part when they're they're going through airport security. Oh my god! They try to get the first overall pick, 
and fucking and uh, and uh, I know what I would, the fuck's his name? The guy that faked nine eleven story. Yeah, Steve Randazzi. Uh, Randazzi. 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 Whatever. Not, not Wayne Richie. Randazzo. Not Richie. <laughs> Richie. No. Uh, uh, he gave Ruxin his birthday present, and it's like they had to get through airport security to get the first overall yep. pick. And it, next thing you know, he looks and he hears it ticking, and he goes, "No, no, no! It's a fake bomb. It's a fake bomb, <laughs> sir! Stop saying bomb in an airport." Yeah, or hijack on a plane. That was one time. <laughs> yes, I know. But I was out of line. But anyway, so that uh, pretty much the league, um, and just I've just been nonstop playing Bloodborne. I keep thinking I'm making a dent. I'm just not at all. And Josh, nothing for you besides the boys. Right. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. So what's going on this week? Um, so there was some casting news in two worlds. Uh, one of them is just a rumor. Or actually, both of them are rumors. But one is just a, a loose rumor right now about Last of Us, the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason this is a rumor is because the actor wouldn't confirm or deny that he's being cast in this role. But he has previous history with HBO. And when I saw the look, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the guy that played Jamie Lannister is Joel. Yeah, that'd be yeah, sick. That would be that'd be perfect. I can't he pronounce was, his name. He was I know it's like uh Nicola Lick, Is he like actually <laughs> Norwegian or something? It's something crazy, but he's a he's a great actor. He has the look for it like to a T. Well, he needs to bulk look, up a little bit. Well, say, just, Joel, just, just look at Jamie at the like at the at yeah, when he's haggard. seven when he got the long hair. That's even, Joel. Or even when he's getting his fucking hand cut off and he's all beat to shit. When yeah. he meets Brienne, he's all fucking beat up. Um I'm definitely down for that. And the other one that seems like it's confirmed, just waiting for the official announcement. Is the next James Bond, Mr. Tom Hardy. Right. Um, Could not listen, hit that out of the park. Listen, better. I would have loved if it was Idris Elba, too. Me, too. I mean, but apparently Tom Hardy got this role back in June um, before they officially, like, shut everything down. And they were going to announce it when No Time to Die came out. And they were like, let's just wait. So now that it's getting closer to its release and everything, and you're starting to see more and more commercials for it. Uh, it's kind of crazy because normally Bonds are guys that are like, you know, they're, they're decently known actors, but they're not superstars. This is a dude who's a genuine star yeah. becoming James Bond. And the the reason I know he's going to knock it out of the park, and because I told you, I just rewatched Inception with the landlord, and and she doesn't love Tom Hardy, but she's like, he's really good in this. And she even said then, she's like, kind of got like the James Bond thing going on. I was like, exactly. That's like probably the closest thing. He's yeah. got the, he can play any fucking role. Really can't. Uh, I, I fucking Al Capone, dude. Yeah, dude. I can't wait to see what he does with the role, like his spin on it. Because every Bond has their own, like, actually, honestly, they all kind of got the same for a little bit. Mm. And then Daniel Craig kind of took it in this completely different direction. So where Tom Hardy takes it will be really, really fucking cool. Um, there was an article I saw, Taylor, that uh, I thought we'd all enjoy. Okay. Uh, let me pull it up. It is um, a list of one-hit wonders. I think it was like the worst one-hit wonders of all time. Worst one-hit wonders? Yeah, it's yeah. The worst. Uh, well, it's the songs. Uh, I will go through these. I actually don't know some of these songs. Um, so we'll start out. Um, I don't agree with some of these. Um, Kung Fu Fighting. I like that song. For what it is. Yeah. Casey and the Sunshine Band? Yeah. They, they uh, no, that's, that, no, that's Carl Douglas. Yeah, that's not Casey and the Sunshine Band. That's Carl Douglas. I know everyone thinks it's uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. It's not. Um, turning Japanese, probably oh, oh, by the Vapors. Yeah, probably, oh, dude. It's pro- so good. Probably a little insensitive, but it's a good song. Uh, Funky Town. I, I could I do want it. You, me too. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Mickey. Like Mickey's a horrific song, but it's very catchy. It's very funny. Very catchy. The only time it's good is when Mickey Gall walks out to it. Oh yes. All right. Here's a horrible song. Putting on the Ritz by Taco. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Can you put, pull up "Putting on the Ritz" for me by Taco? 
I'm, no. Okay, yeah, fine. Very. All right, here's a here's <laughs> one that's so bad that I love it is the safety dance. Oh, safety dance! Oh is yeah, great. dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, that that to. always ended up on my ass cream mix uh, ass volumes. Cream. <laughs> yeah, I always made bad mixes of like '80s music, and they were just called ass cream mix. Um, you spin me right round by Dead or Alive. It's a good song. For an 80s terrible song, it's a good song. I'm trying to remember. You what spin me right round, baby, right Wait, round. Wait, so you tell me like Flo Rida didn't write that song. No, shut up. <laughs> Fucking um, idiot. I don't know this one. Almost Paradise. By only, sorry, I didn't mean to be so mean. The only no. time I, 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 I remember that song was from the end credits of The Hangover. No, that and that's like the the newer one. We're talking. This was like in the Wedding Singer and shit. That's a really old song. I don't remember that. Um, Almost Paradise by Mike Reno and Ann Wilson. Okay. All right. I, I I've still never heard this song in full. I've obviously heard parts of it. I've never heard it start to finish. Is Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> I've never heard the full song. No. And you, play, that, you played you you played us I, out. I know, and I didn't listen to. It. I took my headphones off. It's fucking great, man. But it's a one hit wonder, and yeah, I would of and it's also a complete rip off. And he tried to say no, no, it's different. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rico Suave is a horrific song by Gerardo Rico oh, yeah. Suave. Well, I'll tell you what, that fucking song fucking catapulted Interscope Records into the stratosphere. Yes, it did. Uh, Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. Don't know that. Cool. Unbelievable by EMF. You're unbelievable. Oh, oh horrible. Horrible. Alright, here's a good one. I'm Too Sexy. <laughs> right said Fred a, a real classic. Um, here's one. This kind of made line dancing a really famous thing in the 90s. Was, Cotton Eye Joe? No. Achy Breaky Heart. I could talk shit about Billy Ray Cyrus. He was a one-hit wonder. That was his only hit. It was a huge song. Was. It was a- did you listen to his other hit? What? Which one? Old Town Road. That's not him. He's in it. Let's be real. It won a Grammy, and Trent Reznor got more Grammys for it than he did. Doesn't matter. Billy Ray Cyrus is in it. <laughs> but it's not his song. We're talking like individuals. Whatever, it's not his song. Whatever. Um, Informer by Snow. I don't know. Whoop. There it is. Is a horrible song by Tag Team. I, uh, tag Team. Okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 I know Informer by Snow. What, what is Snow uh, is like. The white rapper before Vanilla Ice. Okay. His, why and do you, his name is Snow. He definitely had a Snow mixtape back in the day. No, I know this because my wife is old as hell. <laughs> well, you said it this time, not me. Um, let's see. I, uh, mm, 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 by Crash Test Dummies. That's not a good song. Here you go, uh, Taylor. Cotton Eye Joe by Rednecks. Oh, dude, who doesn't love it? Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something is a terrible song. They were deep. They weren't blue. They definitely weren't something. How Bizarre by OMC. Uh, One of Us by Joan Osborne. Pepper by Butthole Surfers. What um, are you talking about? <laughs> butthole Surfers are not a one-hit wonder, dude. Who was in my room last night? The Butthole yeah, Surfers I know. are I don't not think a one-hit one hit wonder. wonder. All right, here's one. Barbie Girl. Oh, my God. Horrible, horrible. Wait, wait, uh, wait Aqua? Oh, this, one's, this one made me mad. It's going to make you mad. Superman by Goldfinger. You could suck my whole ass, this website. Are you kidding me? All right, here's the next one. Uh, Blue by Eiffel 65. Yeah. That's an actual one-hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, that's a real one-hit wonder. Goldfinger put out a new record. All right, this one I don't agree with either. The Bad Touch by Bloodhound Gang. Yo, the Bloodhound Gang is so good. You ever listen to Fox well, Track? Well, no, it's Charlie Charlie here's Kilo? the thing. It's not like, this is the thing. The argument of good, because technically, by all accounts, Alien Ant Farm would be considered a one-hit wonder, because it's talking like their but only song that was like a radio but hit. But it's fucking stupid to say that. When, when that, that only radio-friendly hit, Fox Track Uniform Charlie Kilo was everywhere. The You and me, These baby, people man, just, nothing but mammals was fucking everywhere, was a, too. Well, that's that song. That's the bad touch. Is it? Yeah. Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> all right, next one. Summer Girls by LFO. Horrible. Okay. 
Okay. Who let the dogs out? Yeah, Bahamian rules. Around the world by ATC. I don't know what that is. Uh, Around here you go. The world. It's that EDM. Oh yeah, horrible. Yeah. Here you go, Taylor. Butterfly by Crazy Town. Oh, who doesn't love? Who doesn't oh love Crazy God. Town? I remember I had a friend that lived uh, that Josh and I went to elementary school with us. He lived around the corner from me, and his screen name was Come Come My Lady. Come Come. My oh my God. Hor- that song was so bad. Hold on. Wait, did you, did we tell Josh what my the screen name? What my screen name was? Oh, I don't know. What was it? Tell him. So I like. We talked about screen names when you weren't here, and Bob was like yeah. our horrible screen names. So, which we'll need yours. So is my. I don't want to say it again. No, it was getting crunk. Was his screen name? <laughs> Get in all caps, and I only talked in all caps. Getting crunk. His computer was stuck in caps lock. And then it was a uh, Lincoln Park fan was another one, and then another one was Wah-ah-ah-ah from Down with the Sickness. <laughs> Um, all right, next one. I want to be bad by Willa Ford. That was a bad song. My neck, my back by Kia. My pussy and yeah, my crap. Yeah, but that was WAP before WAP. Big facts. Uh, Blowing me up by J C. Ch- um, Ch- how do you say his name? Chavez. Chavez. Chazé. Yeah, Chazé? yeah from, I guess the, the guy from Insane. Yeah, J C. Uh, Move your feet by Junior Senior. Don't know that. Junior Senior. That's a bit of that's uh, stupid. The ketchup song by Lost Ketchup. Um, Who? I, I, I don't know. Never leave you by Luma D. Uh, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy by Big and Rich. Uh, Tipsy. It's, it's, that's just not Tipsy true. by Jaquan. Tipsy was horrible. No, but just to say Big and Rich or One Hit Wonders is very dumb. I, I honestly don't know anything else by them, but I didn't even know that was them. I've heard of them. I'm, and I've I'm, heard... I, I'm always saying because Big and Rich are a very big country group. Axel F by Crazy Frog. Everyone remembers. You don't know the song, but you know the image. Yeah. Laffy Taffy by D4L. Oh, this was a terrible song. Lips of an Angel by Hinder. Was horrible, <laughs> horrible. Um, this is why I'm hot by Mims. Uh, that was a bad song too. This is why I'm hot. I love College by Ash Asher Roth. Asher Roth is not a one hit wonder. Get Manfro in here right now. Um, this song I never liked, but it's everywhere. And they played it at Best Buy all the time. Was Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People. Foster the People can fuck right off. That they, song they, they sucks. Fucking album art from every time I die. Uh, yes, they did. Uh, Teach me how to Dougie by Cali Swag District. Teach me how to Dougie. <laughs> teach me, teach me uh, how to Dougie. Billionaire by Travis. McCoy and Bruno Mars. Love that song. Um, Friday by Rebecca Black. Um, Tongue tied by. Hit. No, it was. It's, it was a huge hit. It went number one on Billboard. It was huge, dude. Yeah, it was, it was that was a huge. hit. Ironically, a hit. It was all Just over the radio party too. And party and yeah, party. It's not the worst song ever. Uh, Tongue tied by Group Love. Uh, Gangnam Style would naturally have to be on here. Yeah. Um, Harlem Shake by Bauer. He's got two A's in his name, like a fucking jerk off. <laughs> uh, Don't drop that thun thun by Finn Addicts. Drop that dun da da. Uh, don't drop I don't know that, that dun da da. This song yeah. I, I fucking hate was Somebody That I Used to Know by G- G- Goatsy. That's, uh, a, that's a very. That's, <laughs> it's not Goatsy, dude. I know it's not. It, it, it's Goatier. I know it is. It's a very I, good song. I, I, I know. It, I, I liked it better no, when it was. because I don't like things uh, that I'm people sorry, like. No. Because it's oh, boring. Boo. Because, oh, no, 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 boo. because you're a cunt. I'm sorry I like that you like things everyone likes. Excuse me. Excuse no, me. I, I'm sorry. I hate There's everything because people like them no, for no reason. No, I don't reason. think it's a good song. It's, I liked it better be, when it was why? Phil Collins. It sounds like a shitty Phil Collins song. Oh, of course. Yes, it does. It does. Do you like that song? I do. I just doesn't. That's one of those ones where. There's a reason it disappeared. Because it sounds good, you hate no, it? No, I don't think it sounds good. No, I don't think it sounds good. How does good. it not sound it, hold good? Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Because Godier isn't influenced by Tool. It's not good. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> that's, that's what, what you say. I said. That, I, I did not say that. I said I, I don't just, like I, it. I'm interested to know your criteria for sounding I, I good I think I don't like the buildup on okay. it. The, vocally, it's great. I'm, vocally, it's very, very enough good. Enough being a jerk off. I'm genuinely no, no, same I, thing. No, I, I think it's a really boring song. Again, vocally, it's great. I don't like the fucking little ding. Ding, 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 ding. 
it's like one of those songs that sounds weird just to be weird to me. And that's the reason why there was no other song by him after that had radio play. Because you can only do that kind of sound so many times before people realize it's a fucking gimmick. It sounds gimmicky to me. It definitely has a unique sound besides, you know, him trying to sound like Phil Collins with the effects on his voice. I get why people like it. That kind of sound where you sound like you're, you're trying to be different just to be different does nothing for me. And it's the same thing with certain bands that try to get the 80s sound does nothing for me. We both agree Arcade Fire sucks. A band that tries to sound weird just to be weird. But uh, I, it's just one of those ones that never did it to me. Uh, again, vocally, I think it sounds really good. Yeah. The vocals on it are good, but that's just one of those songs. The structure on it never did anything for me. And then if you've ever seen them do it live, he can't hit those notes because there's so many effects on it. And I could fucking hear that from a fucking mile away. You know what this list... I, something tells me they're going to put the gorillas on this list. No, the gorillas are not on this they list. You can't, not. you can't put the gorillas on here. Um, next song is Cheerleader by Omi. I don't know that one. I've heard it before. Oh, yeah. oh that song, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what does the fox say? <laughs> that song was so stupid. It was really that's a, see that's one I think I an feel issue like with. That's more like a viral video. I thought so, and the same thing with Gangnam Style, but, they, but that did get a lot of radio listen, play. It, Gangnam it's Style. It's the same thing with the Chainsmokers. But that, that guy's that, an actual mega Korean. Yeah. Korea. Yeah. I mean, that was the most viewed YouTube video until like recently yeah. ever. Well, that's the same thing with the Chainsmokers. Like they got big because of first, let me take a selfie. And then they, with that song first, let me take a selfie. And then it's... I don't know that one. Of course you, you know, don't. You know, my, and, and, my thing with uh, with Gangnam Style that I never understood, and I like recently listened to it because somebody was playing it at work, and I still to this day don't understand it. Why is the whole entire song in Korean? And then he says, hey, sexy lady. And yeah. Yeah. That, that song part, is in Korean. That's part of the reason why it was probably so popular, because it was a part that everyone could sing. Yeah. That, there was, it broke language barriers in that <laughs> regard. Um, the next song is Rude by Magic. That was a really bad song. Why you gotta be so rude? Musically, good. But then you hear the lyrics. It's it's literally a guy's uh, father saying, you're a cunt. You're not marrying my daughter. And he says, I'm going to marry her anyway. Yeah. Um Coco by OT Genesis, um, which was, I think, uh, Courtney's walkout song, I'm in Love with the Coco. Maybe. I think that's that song. Sure. Because uh, it's about cocaine. So I thought that list was interesting. Some of those guys are not one-hit wonders. No, no. Um, you can't call them that. I'm happy they didn't put Dexy's Midnight Runners on there. That's the greatest one-hit no, wonder that, of all time. That's a fucking great song. Well, come on, Eileen. Every yes. single time I hear that song, I think of person being a wallflower. Living room routine. Oh, I, I think about fucking get him to the Greek. <laughs> 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 that's what I think of. <laughs> um, all right. Next thing. Uh, Josh and I kept up with the Emmys, what was going on with them. I kind of just kept it on in the background to see. Yep. I only cared about certain people and, and shows winning. Huge night for Succession. Mm-hmm. Um, a Kendall won for, not Kendall, Kendall. Kendall won, left. Kendall left. Uh, so Jeremy Strong won his first Best Actor Award. Uh, Zendaya became the youngest actress to ever win Best Actress at the Emmys. How old is she? Um, 24. Jesus. Um, and she beat a former Oscar winner, a four-time Emmy winner, Laura Linney on Ozark, like a who's who. And then there was that article that the New York Times posted about, it was like Emmy Biggest upsets. Zendaya becomes youngest winner ever. And all these people are commenting, who's upset about her winning? No one's upset about her winning. How can we be upset? We love Zendaya. You would think with gambling being legalized across the country, people would understand that upset means that they were not the favorite. There was one tweet that oh, where someone posted this thing. It was like, the fact that all these people don't know what the context of upset here shows us that the education system do be failing us. Oh, I, I saw like, that tweet. Yeah. I was like, come on. But she won a huge night for watching. 
Watchmen. Um, in fun news, uh, Billy Crudup won for the morning show. Yeah, hell and, yeah. And Dr. Manhattan for the the Watchmen show won. So both Dr. Manhattans won Emmys that night. Fuck yeah. Uh, Regina King won for Watchmen. Um, the big one in comedy that it's not a show I, I particularly liked when I watched it was Schitt's Creek. I uh, made Emmys history, won every single award in the comedy category, which is uh, an amazing feat when you think about some of the shows that have won Emmys through comedy shows that have office. I, I have... But there's, I have some doubt with Shit's Creek because, like, so the other day I went, I hung out with my parents or whatever, and my my dad turns the TV on and it's Ghostbusters, and I was like, this is fucking stupid, and they turned it off. Wait, they th- they turned Ghostbusters off, then they turned it on the Dumb and Dumber, and then they said Dumb and Dumber stupid, they turned that off, and they turn on Shit's Creek, and then they love Shit's Creek. So part of me is like. Okay. So the landlord and I watched, uh, I think, like three or four episodes of it. And I was more surprised that she didn't like it and keep watching it. Um, especially because, like, her friend group, they, like, had get-togethers where they all watched it. And she she wants to, like, give it another shot. I'd be willing to give it a try again. I, it just, I love Eugene Levy. I love Eugene Levy. And I love Catherine O'Hara. She's the fucking mom in Beetlejuice, the mom in Home Alone. She's a fucking legend, right? And I hate Eugene Levy's son on that show. <laughs> I think you're kind of supposed to. You're supposed to hate all of them. They're supposed to be detestable. They're billionaires that lost all their money and now they're living in the, and I love Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott, f- Cabin Boy fucking rules. When's the last time you saw fucking Cabin Boy with Chris Elliott? You've One never, time. yeah. I was. That's a fucking great comedy, I didn't by know the way. What you're talking about. Yeah, it's 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 like an it was an SNL movie technically, although it wasn't an SNL character. It's so fucking funny, but um, it just didn't click for me. I I have an issue with a lot of since the Office, all those shows that kind of came along that did like the same kind of um, fish out of water, dry comedy. It, it's like they all kind of hit the same mark. But um, I mean, the fact that it, in its final season won every single <laughs> writing, directing, acting, supporting acting, lead actress, supporting actress. That's fucking unbelievable. Like that's that's pretty fucking impressive. Um, let's see. Did you see the trailer for Wandavision? The full trailer I for did. it? Ooh, dude, dude, it looks. I'm just so over Marvel to be honest with you. Like I just, it, it's not even like me hating on it to hate on it. Like I just, I, I don't, I don't need, a, I don't need a TV show about Wanda. Like I just. Well, I, I'm, I don't, I didn't think I did. I, but then I saw the trailer for it, and it doesn't look like it looks unlike anything we've seen in Marvel to date like it looks so it's not typical whatsoever what I what I like about the uh, the TV stuff is that like it now gives a way to bridge the individual movies yeah there's a connection kind of like the Clone Wars did for the prequels and everything right um this looks cool because we know Vision's dead how is he in this then which brings in the idea of the villain Nightmare, is would be my guess. And apparently the rumor is it's going to have a connection to the next Doctor Strange. Which no, that's not a rumor. That's fully is confirmed. It, is it confirmed now? Yeah. Because the guy that was... She's in the next Doctor Strange. Okay, good. And it's Sam Raimi doing the next Doctor Strange, who I adore with everything yeah, so, in me. So Kevin, Kevin Feige... Uh, confirmed it when he's he announced some of the casting for Doctor Strange that Elizabeth Olsen is in it and WandaVision is going to lead directly okay. into... Okay, well that would make sense that Vision's in it because the villain Nightmare almost does like the Freddy Krueger thing where it gives you these visions and these dreams kind of thing and um, Catherine, I guess they're sw- gender swapping who Nightmare is I think it's going to be a woman because mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn is in it who is the, the woman that John C. Riley um, fucks in Step Brothers yeah. his brother's... Uh, it's so slippery Yeah, it's so slippery. <laughs> Roll you up in a little ball and put you inside my vagina <laughs> She's great. So I think it's going to be cool to see her in a kind of different role. But the, Taylor, just watch the trailer. You'll be like, this looks fucking different. Right. It doesn't look like any typical Marvel thing because it doesn't look grand in scope at all. Yeah. It looks like an old 60s sitcom. Like, I Love Lucy and Leave it to Beaver. Like, it looks really fucking bizarre. So that looks pretty cool. Um, let's see. I heard, I read a story about a woman. <laughs> a woman. Okay, Taylor, we've talked a lot about the, the photo finish. 
right? Yeah, I had I, I usually get them right as I'm about to get on the. I know six. you you've texted us like guys going to be a photo finish after we record. <laughs> so a woman in Oklahoma got pulled over. She was spe- she actually led the police on a, a police chase, right? Um, they're fo- she's flying. They finally get her to pull over. Turns out she doesn't have a driver a suspended driver's license. It's not her car, and she's telling the cops like I really got to take a shit. <laughs> like she's trying to get that's as good a reason as any. Like I would it, there's a mugshot of her where I look at her face. I'm like oh my god this girl didn't make it to a bathroom. No shot. She's fucking standing there getting her mugshot taken, fingerprinted with a fucking load of shit in her pants. <laughs> and that's and it. the thing is, when there's photo finishes, it's not solid. No, it's never it's solid. Running down your pants. It, 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 it was solid before it got to the point of a photo finish, <laughs> and then suddenly it just—it's like a dam that's about to break, and you know, it slowly breaks. It just goes. Like, like you just think of the ends from the fucking two towers. Release the river. That's literally what it's exactly like. And it always like as you're going to sit down on the bowl and your butthole starts to open up before you actually touch the cold porcelain, your fucking butthole just starts leaking. I was saying you just start, just, yeah, you start shitting on the way down. You start, literally that's what happened. It's like when you're pouring coffee. That's what it looks like and sounds like you're pouring coffee. <laughs> Which coffee smell? tastes like shit. Austin, uh, it is shit. <laughs> that is shit, Austin. <laughs> it's a bit nutty. <laughs> no, first he goes, mustache. He goes, well, it's, so it's not just me. And he drinks. I look at him and he goes, oh, this coffee smells like shit. <laughs> that shit's so, f- shit is funny. Uh, um, poop stories are great. I saw after the Mets lost on Sunday. There, oh, shut up. <laughs> there was a fire at City Field. And I'm Dude, just like, I'm one. like, I'm like, this is normal for a Mets fan. It was not a small fire. Like I'm looking at it. <laughs> you see him in the outfield and you just see black smoke yeah, coming out from behind it center field. It wasn't like someone just having a little fucking like their, their barbecue got out of control. It's like holy shit, a building's on fire. It's like, yo, that's not good, dude. No, that's literally every Mets like, offseason in of me, a picture. Part of me was like, there's definitely someone in left field, like the one of the players is like, hey, should we uh should we like get out of here? Like, <laughs> is it safe for us to keep playing, man? Dude. Like, what the fuck? Imagine, imagine City Field burns down right when Cullen closes the deal. All right, whatever. We'll go play in Buffalo for a season. The fucking New York teams seem to play better there anyway. Well, the, Toronto <laughs> plays better in Buffalo. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, um, do you see all the NFL coaches that got fined? Yeah, and I think it's kind of <laughs> shitty. And I understand why it's a PR stunt. Is it's what to it set is. an example, and it's fucking stupid because you test these guys, you test these guys. And well, and then the players aren't wearing masks when they're fucking tackling each other, dude. But like blocking each other. The size of the fines is what's fucking Yo, creepy. The coaches are fined individually a hundred thousand dollars, and the teams two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's a literally over a million dollars in fines. Hey, you got to make up for that lost revenue this season some way, dude. And with the, <laughs> with the monstrous cap hit coming next season. I expect a lot of people to not be with their respective teams. You thought cap casualties were bad before? Oh, that's what's crazy. I mean, you're not, and it's not just football. Baseball is going to be really interesting, and it's not just going to be players, it's going to be executives. Here's an interesting rumor in Metsland, um, speaking of which. So, um, th- we know that the uh, teams are losing a ton of money this year in baseball. I think the Mets are normally losing $50 million a year. They're projected, they're projected to lose $150 million this year. The average team's about to lose $100 million a year. So there's a certain baseball executive that once said that he believes that he should only be with the team for 10 years, and then he needs to move on. Um, and he is in the ninth year of his contract, so next year would be his last year. Apparently, his actual GM, he's the president of baseball operations, has a GM who does all the contract stuff. This team is trying to set up that GM to run the team now. 
And apparently Steve Cohen has his eyes on this guy. Um, and that is one Theo Epstein, uh, who is apparently going to be is looking to leave the Cubs. Uh, it's like I said, coming up on the 10th year. Well, uh, he did it with the Red Sox. He, he, the Red he, Stonks. he was with the Red Sox for 10 years. Red He's go- Stonks. He, um, he rebuilt the Red Sox. He rebuilt the Cubs. One World Series, multiple World Series with the Red Sox. Multiple wor- One World Series with the Cubs. Their first one in over 100 years. Uh, and that would be the guy that the Mets are like made for a guy like him. Like this franchise that has been... Um, Bum, bum, two curses. Bum, bumbling and all over the place in a mess and just from top to bottom a mess from ownership to uh, front office to um, management on the field to player personnel to scouting everything. That's the guy. That's the guy you go get. And then you can keep Brody because let Brody work the fucking contracts. Absolutely. Let him learn a little bit more because that's the structure that apparently Steve Cohen wants. If you can go and get a fucking Theo Epstein, a guy that has literally done it on two franchises that no one thought would ever win again and he did it quick quick he yeah. did it really fucking quick literally in the Red Sox I think it was his third year as GM when they won in 2004 then won again in 2007 did, did you see Steve Cohen's little jab at the wool oh I loved it, it. made me so happy because uh, they're, they're, they're talking about bringing Sandy Alderson back in as some an, capacity I, yeah which they should uh, and he goes you know be, people that know baseball are going to be running the baseball operation yeah because apparently the rumor was he is a guy that runs like all his business operations whose last uh, Andrew Cohen no, no relation, um, and people were wondering if he was going to be brought in to do things on the Mets, and that's why he said that, but that was definitely a shot yeah. at the Will Ponds. Um, and now he's apparently circling in on SNY as well. He's going to get for $500 million. I know, well, $150 million oh, because even- the team is, the SNY is operating at an $850 million loss right now, awesome. but it's valued at $2.1 billion. So he's going to get it for fucking pennies on the dollar, that's more or less. That's fucking amazing. Um, I know, I fucking love it. Uh, Taylor, let's talk about this Joe Rogan stuff a little bit. Um, so, the Spotify stuff. So when Joe Rogan came to Spotify, a bunch of the episodes didn't go up, and specifically the episodes with controversial figures like Gavin McGinnis, uh, Milo Iannopoulos, uh, Alex Jones, some other ones they, in there. They even took the Legion of Skanks down. Legion of Skanks stuff down, and um, they came out, and Alex Jones even released a statement like, it's a, you know, hu- a huge file. Uh, I couldn't get all of them up there. Uh, so Joe's told me I'll still be on the show. <coughs> and... Um, it, you know, you could, Alex Jones. there's parts of it that make sense, but it didn't make sense. Even when I heard that statement and Rogan said it too, I'm kind of like, I understand it's a lot, but you're telling me you can have the most recent 15 episodes, but you lost that one and you lost that one. It's a little too coincidental to be a coincidence. So then uh, the, Joe Rogan issues an apology last week, which I didn't take a big issue with. It was just a little convenient. This is the first time he's apologizing and he was talking about. People getting arrested for starting fires at the Black Lives Matter protests, riots, whatever you want to call them. You shouldn't apology, yada, yada. And that doesn't seem very on brand for Rogan. It almost seemed like that's something he would normally do. He would acknowledge it on the show, Mm. but not issue an individual apology. And now stuff's coming out that Spotify is going to have a say in who he can have have on his guests. Now this story comes out that there are multiple Spotify um, uh, executives, uh, people that work on content on the show, that are talking to the Spotify CEO saying he should shouldn't have this guy. He shouldn't have that guy. Don't let him do that. And the, the CEO apparently is pushing back a little bit, but I, I'm going to assume it's going to end up being a futile effort. Yeah, it's. I'm telling you now that all this stuff is coming out. It's uh, how long's how long's the deal for Rogan? Uh, four or five years. Four or five like years. So we got to just deal with it for four years because there's no because Joe has been known to be the opposite of what's happening now. Yeah, you know what I mean mm-hmm. the reason why he stays he stayed. Um, 
private was because he could do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. And he can make all his money from individual sponsors. Advertisers come and go, and he was a multi-million dollar on top of Dude, he would, uh, episodes, eight minutes of ad reads in the beginning, and he would make fucking $400,000 an episode just on those. Yep, and not not to mention a very successful stand-up career. Of course, UFC, all that shit. He doesn't, he didn't need the money. Yeah. So I don't, now I'm curious to see what the real selling point besides $100 million was. My, My guess is it probably cuts out a lot of the legwork for him and Jamie so they can focus on content and guests and but, you know. but but the thing is but now they're minimizing the 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 the, the, the branch of con- of content they could yeah. use um I, you know what I mean like it just doesn't it doesn't seem fair is not the right word this is show business it's cutthroat it happens fair is not the right word here. yeah I, it's just not what Joe is about issue what I know the apology didn't really bother you all that much what bothered me about it is exactly what you said it's not on brand no it's not and there there's so here here's the the thing so say he can't get he's not gonna have some of these guests on right I'm gonna be more worried when the sound of the conversations on the episodes changes and it's Sounds like he's being a, a different person than he was because I've heard him, some of his best interviews were with people that I didn't know and I had no interest in what they were talking about. So it's going to be interesting to see if the tone of those conversations change because that will tell me more than anything else that yes, he's being dictated to what he can and can't do. Now, the truth of the matter is he may not have a choice. He may have been told one thing when he signed a contract and then suddenly they said, nope, you're on now. You got to do this, this, and that, and there's nothing he can do about it. That's a distinct possibility. Absolutely. You can you can have an issue like that where something along those lines happens and you just got to basically I mean listen, something like they could fire him and then say you're still under contract for the next 3 years so you can't do anything until then. That's what happened to Opie and Anthony when they got hired fired by WNEW for the uh St. Patrick's Cathedral uh sex that they recorded and played over the air which is still crazy to think they did that. Got fired from WNEW, they couldn't go on any radio shows for 3 years and then they signed with Sirius. They just said Will take they very well could get to a point where he's like, I'm not dealing with your bullshit, or he's at a point in his life where he's like, I've done a lot of cool shit. I'm just gonna, you know, and also with the the way the world is right now and the pushback he's gotten on having some of these guests, he puts his family in a, a unfortunately risky place with the way people respond now. When he has even people as harmless. Although controversial, people like Ben Shapiro, that you don't know if some psycho is going to fucking do something to him and his family when he's out with them. Yeah. So I could see him also saying, you know, I'm at a point in my life now where taking these kind of risks, just be, you know, I can still be friends with these people, but taking these risks for the point, the pure entertainment of it, maybe isn't worth it, which I I don't have an issue with. If that's how he has to do his his bullshit and live his life, fine. But. I, I never trusted that when he signed this deal that it was going to be the same way it was beforehand because the second you get a big company involved and you get that kind of money involved and you're not the one that's signing those checks and they're not being signed directly that you have someone that's telling you, you know, a boss more or less. Yeah. Things change. Opie and Anthony went to Sirius, told you could do whatever you want, and then it changed more, and then it changed more. They brought a homeless guy in once, homeless Charlie, who was talking about uh, raping Laura Bush and Condoleezza Rice, and then they got suspended for two weeks, even though Sirius was supposed to be able, you could do whatever you want. It was clearly just a homeless, crazy person they brought in from the streets. It, it's unfortunate. And you just got to hope that my hope is that the, the sound and the tone of the show doesn't change. 
I'm going to hold out hope that that's the case. Yeah, me too. I mean, listen, if it changes, it changes. I mean, people do end up changing. So, and I'm a big enough fan of Rogan where I do understand that, you know, if the if the topics do change or if the tone of it changes, I, I'll learn to accept it in some yeah. capacity. But th- there, there comes a time when, like, sometimes you just need to cut shows out. Yeah. You know what I mean, I mean and, and, but the thing Alex is, Jones is a risky proposition at this point. You can still be friends with the dude, but when you got him on there and he's, you know, it, it, listen, it sucks, but yeah, uh, I'm kind of retarded. It's kind of controversial to even say, say now. You can't say it's it sucks, but it, it's you know we can use it as a sound clip because it ain't us. I mean, I just said it, and I can get in fucking trouble for it. But it, he, listen, the best episodes are often the people we don't have interest in, and his buddy, his comedy buddies. You know what I mean? Comedy ones, are and I don't think those are going to change. So we just got to hold that hope here. Ride with it for a little bit. Those episodes are still available on YouTube, so it's not like they've been wiped from fucking history. Yeah. We'll see, dude. The one, the the last one I listened to, where I legitimately loved. Well, he had Tim Kennedy on, so that was a great. That was a great listen. Was when he had Duncan Trussell on. Oh, that was so good. Four I, and a half hours I of them just Duncan, bullshitting. I love Duncan Trussell. Uh, I like Duncan Trussell a lot too. Um, the next thing I have here is uh, so there was a UFC this weekend. Um, and uh, Colby Covington beat Tyron Woodley, which figured we, we both said was going to happen. I wasn't super impressed with him. I didn't I think he looked. At, he he did what he had to do. He it was a very smart game plan. Um, I was talking about this with uh, my buddy um, about it because you know he lo- he lost his last fight to Usman, got his jaw broken, and a lot of times guys that are great ra- fighters in general, once they get brained once, their style kinds of change. They're not as aggressive, and they learn how to point fight and dictate the fight. George St. Pierre is one of the best examples of that. After he lost to Matt Sarah, he became known as uh, um, just fight safe or goddamn sleeping pill because his fights got boring. He became a very methodical fighter. Get brained once, it'll do that to guys. Some guys get really gun shy. I don't know if that's what happened here or if he was just being very cautious of Woodley's power because if even if Woodley's washed, he still hits like a fucking Mack truck. He fought a very smart fight. There's no doubt about that. He didn't take. He took a couple punches, but he barely got fucking even stumbled by him. Uh, he took down the, the All American wrestler multiple times. Uh, controlled him in the clinch. Uh, I thought it should have been separated in the clinch a few times. Certainly wins the fight. Uh, Woodley broke his rib. Um, I know some people were saying after oh he quit, and then the X-rays come out. No, that fucking thing was broken as shit. Yeah, it's it's one of those things too. Like if you have a broken rib or even a strained rib, oh like dude, sprained, it is I, next to impossible to breathe, let alone stand. Uh, I never had any doubt that Woodley was injured because that dude got it put on him a lot worse by Gilbert Burns recently, and he didn't quit for five rounds. Yep. Um, so then the post-fight interview comes, and Woodley does his fucking... Cr- or Woodley, excuse me, Covington does his cringe act. How bad a douche chills did you get from that? It was so bad. He called out He called out LeBron James. And he's still doing it. And he, like he, So I, I yeah, was I know, just, I just saw your before. I know. But he called out no LeBron James. No shit you'd beat up LeBron James. He's not a professional fighter, stupid. Give LeBron James three months in real fucking training, six eight two sixty has a lot different fucking hit, and but I, I like it's just one of those things where it's it's such a fake character, and he's doing this shit with the Donald Trump stuff, and he's gonna and Donald no, Trump called him during the interview, November thirteenth, whatever he oh, said. Oh, he said November third. If you thought that was a inside, wait till you see what Donald Trump does to Sleepy, Sleepy Joe, Joe Biden. Yeah. Oh, dude, just douche dude, chills. It, Josh, it was so bad, and. 
I, when I thought it couldn't get any worse, they put him on the panel with Kamaru Usman, who legitimately broke his face. Oh, dude, Usman, and Usman, who's not even trying to do a character, was so much more charismatic than him. Dude, just laughing at him. Usman had one thing that made me laugh, right? So, like, what was it? Uh, so, Col- Colby is screaming at Usman on this panel, and all you hear is it's a fake. It was he, after fucking Usman beat him. He's screaming at him, and he goes, fake stoppage, fake ref, fake news, fake this. And Marty Fake Newsman is what he calls him. Dude, and all oh. and all he does, and Kamara looks at him just like so puzzled, like, he was? It was? Yeah, the whole time. Fake decision? <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I'm Ron Burgundy? And I like, like what that, he said. Right? He goes, I got President Donald Trump on my side. I got that dragon energy. And Usman just... <laughs> So starts laughing at him. Starts laughing. The worst. He, the worst part was when he goes. You know, uh, your career is going. Your your career is receding faster than your hairline, which was actually a little funny. And then he goes, uh, "What did they, What did they do? What did they do at your tribe? Did they do smoke signals?" Yeah. He said, "Why don't the you go back to your tribe ra- with your your smoke signals?" Most openly racist. And thing. Usman, I I liked how he just went like, "Not surprised." I wish he would just come out and say it because once you get stuck with that racist label, true or not, you're stuck with it. Yeah, big facts. Um, but then I see fucking Dana White's like, "Oh, we're you know we're all about freedom of speech." Here, this is the same dude that they airbrushed uh, Dan Hardy's Buddhist tattoo off his fucking arm because they were trying to get into China and they didn't want to offend the Chinese government. But it's about freedom of speech. Uh, and again, I think Colby Colby is a fantastic fighter. If he wasn't such a douchebag, I'd be his biggest fan because I love his fight style. It is very good. Um, I, I love. I love. It's hard that. to hate the guy when he fights like that. He's, he's an amazing fighter to watch, but he can't sit there and say Usman broke. Dude, literally the excuses sound like Tito Ortiz with Chuck Liddell for years about how, oh, you poked me in the eye, this, this, that. I beat you up in training back in the day. If this happened, I'm a better wrestler than you. And then Chuck beat your ass again. Usman would beat his ass again. Gilbert Burns would beat his ass. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm so tired. The, the, the only person he called out that I think he would have a problem with, or not he wouldn't have a problem with, is uh, Jorge Masvidal. Because Masvidal kind of sits back and picks his shots yeah, and Colby's in your face. It's interesting. But, but, but even still, I would still take uh, Masvidal in that fight. Um, Masvidal, his only struggle he ever has really is with uh, guys that can really hold him against the fence, as you saw with Usman, because yep. he has great takedown defense. He's not going to be as gun-shy about throwing punches at Colby that just walks in like he did. Yeah. Colby was asking to get hit with a knee or an uppercut. I was Dude. I was watching it, and f- I, it was funny when we're watching with these people, uh, with uh, with my friends, literally every time Colby not would us. come in... Not not you guys, no. I, I said my oh, friends. Fuck, I said fuck my, us, right? No, I said, I said, I, no, I said my friends. <laughs> um, so so every time Colby comes in, like he does these like overhand looping kind of punches, yeah. his head drops down, and I'm like, he's asking to hit with an uppercut, and finally Woodley threw one that he kind of clipped him with, and Masvidal, that's made for Masvidal. I think that would be the easiest matchup of those four. I think Usman beats him every time. I think Gilbert Burns... I don't even know who's going to win between Usman and Gilbert Burns. That's a coin flip fight. The other thing, too, you just mentioned, like, Kobe is asking to get hit, and I know, listen, Tyron Woodley has been gun-shy for a while. Ever since he won the title in his first fight with Wonderboy, he was was very gun-shy. If you, like I said, if you go back and you watch that fight, usually, at least what they teach you in boxing is that you keep your you know you constantly want to keep your head moving and keep it off the line and you always want to keep at least one hand up unless you're fighting Philly and show Colby especially walking someone down his head is directly in the center all really Woodley has to do is throw a right straight right down the fucking pipe yep. and that's a wrap you know what I mean but it just never like take fucking take a hint with that Chechen fucking guy that knocked the dude out in 30 13 fucking seconds he's the next big 
thing. Yeah. He really? I, 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 is he Chechen? I don't even know. Uh, I think he's uh, Dagestani. Uh, Probably. I, I, that would make sense. That but he, uh, has, Hazmat, whatever is uh, Dude. Ch- Ch- Chavel. Holy shit. Because that dude he was fighting was was a good test, and he knocked him out with one punch, the first punch in 17 seconds. I want put him with Leon Edwards, put him with Damian Maya. I want to see him against some. I would put him in the top 10 right now, even though he hasn't beaten a ranked guy, just based on what I've seen from him. The fact that literally the record before this fight for mo- fastest to three wins in UFC history took 105 days. This dude got three wins in 66 days, and he didn't get touched once. He didn't get touched. He, literally, I think he's. His um, number output, I think he's outlanded his opponents 142 to 3 Dude, in his three fights. I remember when you told me. To watch his first fight. You told me to watch his first fight, and you go, Dude, he didn't get touched. And he mauled the guy on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, You didn't and get And that touched. was a weight class up. That was 185. Th- that feels like a year ago. That was three months <laughs> that ago. That was three months ago. That, I can't it's, believe that. Like, Cerrone fights, and like he gets his ass kicked, but then he shows up again. Yeah. This guy shows up and dominates. Yeah. He, with no training camp. Yep. It's like, it, it, it's a different type of animal those guys are and I don't mean to say animal but you understand what I mean yeah I'm sure the guy has ridiculous wrestling that, oh that part of the world but then he hits that hard too like imagine like, a, imagine could be about 145 with that kind of power that was a one one hitter quitter I can't Out. wait to see what this dude next does next but we got a great fight card this weekend and by great I mean I besides the two fights uh the two, the main event and co-main event I know three other fighters on the card yeah um so let's just talk the, the, the main event and co-main event yeah Dominic Reyes against uh, Jan Blakowicz. Um, he looks like the dude from Wolfenstein. I'm taking Blakowicz in that fight. I think yeah. he's going to win. I think he's more well-rounded. I think um, Dominic's a really good fighter, but I, I worry very much about that uh, Gustafsson effect that I've told you about before where yeah. no one gave him a ch- chance against John. John probably didn't give him a chance, maybe underestimated him, had the right matchup for John. John struggled with guys with similar length to him and uh, surprised him. I think Blakowicz is going to um, end up controlling him and submitting him. Are we like actually picking or are we just doing it? Like, yeah, uh, just pick who you want. We, we're only taking two fights. That's so. what I'm saying. Yes, we're doing this for fun. Yeah. Uh, so, like, for the fact, uh, j- just to be different, give me Dominic Reyes. Okay. Um, just for the simple fact to be that. But I do kind of agree with you. The jury is kind of out on Reyes. Yeah. It's Everyone kind of knows. One fight where we were like, wow, that was his first real, real step up in competition. And yeah. he, he rose to it. He very easily could have won that fight. And but it's not that he's not, a, it's not that he's not a good fighter. It's that rounds four and five is what scares me. Yeah. The championship rounds. And we had to see with Blackowitz as well. But um, good fight. And then the main event, which I'm super pumped for, Israel Adesanya defending his UFC middleweight championship against Polo Costa. Um, literally total polar opposites in styles. One is a balls to the wall, want to knock you out with one punch. Uh, very fast, very strong. And Israel Adesanya, who is a sharpshooter, he's a technician, he's a counter striker. I, I love this fight so much. I don't have any doubt that it won't look anything like the Romero fight because Costa doesn't sit there and try to do goofy shit. I was going to say Paulo Costa versus Yo Romero. Yeah. Fucking bar burner. Yeah, exactly. But Costa is just going to go for it and I think, you know, he's got a great chance because of his power, but I think I Adesanya is too slippery, and I think he's too smart on the feet, and he uses his range too well. So I think Adesanya is going to win by a fourth round stoppage. When Adesanya was first coming up, and when he, I think it was Robert Whitaker, he beat for the title, and I was watching that night, and I was like, I was so against Adesanya because I was like, this fucking carbon copy of Anderson Silva, he just stole a style. But then after the last couple fights, the last time I've seen this guy fight, it's completely different. It was yeah, the it was the has, ga- it was ha- the Gazdalum fight for me where I was like, oh, I get it, I see it. He has the he has a, it's a different. Swagger. It's a. Di- he has what he has. What McGregor. An has. Arrogant he ha- confidence. He has it. 
Yeah, you know he what I mean? It, he has it for he sure. He has I it. I saw Dana White saying, I, I don't want him doing that walkout dance stuff he Bullshit. does. Bullshit. I'm like, why? I want more of that pro wrestling theatrics. Yeah, Let what, the guy make himself it? a fucking star. Dude, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Well, because he doesn't want, he doesn't want, the, he doesn't want he wants Connor at the, in the spotlight. Of course, of course. But, but you got a chance for a guy that could be a star in multiple countries. So I really, I, I want to pick Adesanya, but I, th- and because he is a counter striker and it's a polar opposite and he could really catch Paul real quick, but Paul's got a fucking stupid chin on him. I don't know how that guy makes weight at, what, what is it, 185? Oh, uh, yeah, 185. I don't know how he makes 185. Oh, he steroids like, are one hell of a drug. He looks like he's 230. When, Did when you see the video interaction of the two of them? They they met up recently face-to-face, and they were very friendly to each other, despite the 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 promotion being a little heated. Uh, he was like, he, uh, Adesanya went up to him. He was like, oh, you look skinny, boy. I, like, I, I think they're both, I specifically Costa, because I think they're both just really selling this fight. They have a healthy respect for each other. That's what, it's, yeah. there's not an actual, like, fuck you, no, fuck uh, you. I am so hyped for but this fight, though. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna so give, hyped. I'm going to give, I'm going to give the nod to Paulo Costa. I just, think, okay. but I think it's going to be points. I think he's okay, going to Okay, by be, decision? I think he's going to win by decision. I think, so, I think Costa can only win by stoppage. I think the longer the fight goes with his frame, he's going to tire out. And those championship rounds, I don't see Adesanya tiring out. And then volume is one of those things. It could look a lot like a John Jones fight with a dude that gasses out, honestly. But it's such... I, I favor Adesanya slightly, like 60-40. I, I, I'm confident he's going to win, but not by much. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. All right. Why don't we... Uh, Josh, you got to get a... a a pick. I don't know why I went. You, um, you do that a lot. I know. It just. Oh, uh, before we do our picks, really quick. Um, canceled this week. Beethoven, not the movie. The artist is canceled. Um, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, Ode to Joy. Uh, why? Uh, because uh, his music represents um, elitism. Uh, racism. Uh, it's always related to people that are very successful, that have a lot of money. Uh, represents systemic racism. Uh, this is just what I read an article about it. I saw it. I read. I saw the headline. I was angry. I read it. I was more angry, and I said, "Holy shit! These people really have no lives." Like they hear the classic Beethoven symphonies playing, and they're like, "This is so." Racist. I, I, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, think about it. In the, those KKK rallies, they're burning crosses and just playing Beethoven. During the Civil War, you know, Robert E. Lee's doing his speeches with the fucking Fifth Symphony playing behind him. Just, this I, is where we're at, that we found Beethoven to call race. And listen, the, the only element of it that I get that is related to, like, rich snobby things is every movie you've ever seen where, it's like, in Ace Ventura 2, when he walks into the thing and it's all these written, you must be the Monopoly guy. Thanks for the free parking. And that's playing because they're all, like, rich snobs. But I never related. Like, come on. It's fucking Beethoven. It's yeah, literally. Stupid. You know one's never ever, ever heard anything of that other than a cover? Who? Oh. Like a live. What? There's no original recording of that. Oh, yeah. Fact. <laughs> it's, it's only been cover bands. That's it. It's only been covers. <laughs> I, do, I do have one I, more I thing. Want, I want a Punk Goes Beethoven. Imagine. That album, yeah. I do have one more thing before we go oh, to Oh, Bethesda. Uh, well, not even that so much. It's not even that big of a deal because we are, we're on the subject of canceled. Um I don't want to, I don't want him canceled, but I want him reamed out. Okay. Uh, fuck Jason Whitlock, dude. Oh my god. That nonsense this, is... this morning. All right. Katie so, Nolan. Um, yeah, it started over the weekend. Um, when he started talking about, because I, I guess it started a couple days before with uh, what's her name, uh, Maria Taylor. Maria Taylor, where they're talking about how she was dressed. Someone said uh, she's dressed like a stripper, and I'm like, all right. This is the thing. 
Um, there's there's some women in sports that I can I can look at and say, okay, they're there because they're a face. It's a classic thing. Whatever. That that's fine. They're a pretty face. Fine. Whatever. Usually in like local sport local news channels, women that cover sports. Katie Nolan's busted her fucking ass. She's won a fucking and, Emmy, and she's fucking really really good. She's, she's good. very she's entertaining. Funny. She's she's witty. very funny. I mean, that, it helps. That, listen, there, there's definitely a truth to the matter that a frumpy woman probably doesn't get in the same position that Katie Nolan does, but. That should not be held against her because she's also very good looking. It's not like, her fault. I mean, it's not, it is her fault. It's, I mean, of, it is her fault. Dude, Aaron Andrews is great at her job. Aaron Andrews is fucking great at her Dude, job. And also came with the scrutiny of being stalked and having her fucking private uh, private moments taken from her. Yeah. Literally, you because you get all the... Like you saw on Twitter, these fucking incels. Like... I'm sorry. Just because they didn't play the sport doesn't mean they shouldn't be fucking covering it. Doris Burke is fucking great at her job. Dude, I actually like Hannah Storm. Is Hannah pretty Storm. Good. I don't love her, but fucking um, uh, Maggie, Moose and Maggie does a good job with what she does. Yo, Maggie Gray is awesome. She, she, she knows her shit. Like I said, there's, there's plenty of men that cover sports that never played a day of athletics in their life. And just because... I'm, I'm sorry. This isn't some social justice thing, but if you watch it the same and they're smart about it and they're not just going to watch football to look at players' asses or whatever, who gives a shit? Lindsay OK. Fucking great on Twitter. I, I love Lindsay. She's fucking great. I know Josh loves she? She, Josh she loves her great. too. I, I do legitimately love <laughs> I love her begging but, for uh, Joe Flacco to get put in the dude, last two dude, weeks. She has, yeah, she has a great Patreon. So I, I want to read a tweet from an incel that I quoted today because I read it and I could not believe what I was reading. Yeah. I still, I, I, It still blows my mind that people like this exist. So Katie Nolan shows don't work. They don't work, apparently. Okay, yeah. Don't work because women, especially hot women, aren't funny. Have you ever heard of Nikki Glaser? To be funny, you have to have wit and self-deprecating humor. Not true. Women, Nikki Glaser shits on herself so much. Women don't have that because most think their crap doesn't stink. Yeah, this is a, you this made is, that rhyme on purpose, asshole, and I just realized it now. This Fuck is, you. This is, an in, this is a literal incel. But nature doesn't require that out of beautiful women, so rejoice. Yeah, he's what? A, yeah, he's a fucking he's an incel with mommy issues who never felt the touch of a woman. Probably felt the touch of his uncle. He's a fucking loser, dude. It's, and Whitlock, and, and, Whitlock's a loser. Jason or Clay Travis is a fucking loser. I, I I I take more issue with the fact that Whitlock takes the time. The, the, the time he could be using to go at Skip Bayless for what he said about Dak and no, his fucking that's his, brother. that's th his fucking boy. Of course it is, because it's on FS1. Who yeah. gives a fuck about well, no, FS1? And, and Jason Whitlock's not even on, He got no, fired from ES, FS1. He's on ESPN now or something? No, he's on OutKick, Clay Travis's thing. He got Out fired Kick? from both. Yeah, the OutKick. Fuck is OutKick? Clay Travis got fired from both because all he realized that his sports coverage wasn't good. So he had to go, like when he went on uh, CNN and he's like, I like few things. I like beer, football, and boobs. And I'm like, dude, that's not even funny. That's not funny it's at all. Not Fu it's not. It's it, funny. It's funny when you're 21 he, and you're in a he's frat so house. He's so badly. Maybe. He wants to emulate, and, and that's what Outkick does. Whitlock wants to do. They want to be like the more political bar stool, but they don't have a, a remote. Like they, they're older guys still trying to be frat bros. Like really older guys. Clay Travis, the dude that says keep politics out of sports, but all he does is talk about COVID being a hoax and politics this and how oh athletes shouldn't talk about po uh, social issues. Uh, now they're mad at LeBron James because he's trying to help nonviolent felons get the right to vote back with his own money. What's wrong with that? 
I don't, I don't have a problem with that shit. But like, I, I just, your time can be spent doing other things. But instead, we, we'd rather he attack stole Katie Patrice's Nolan. whole swagger. 100%. Jason Whitlock, the but fucking like, hat. But like, we would rather be fucking. We would rather be dealing with this nonsense and him going at Katie Nolan. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you could be doing things that are so much I more would... influential and better with your fucking time instead of going at Katie Nolan, who's worked her ass off to win a fucking Emmy, who talks shit about ESPN, eventually gets hired by ESPN, is doing a very good fucking job. She's great at what she does. She's really good at what she does. She's very, very intelligent. She doesn't... There, listen, there are some women in sports, just like there's men in sports, that say the outlandish things just to get the headlines. She doesn't do that. She knows her shit. Anyway. All right. Before we get into our picks, uh, I just had a couple NFL things for you here. Um, so, we talked last week about the coaches who are the betting favorites to get fired. Uh, who do you think's the favorite again this week? Uh, Peterson. No, Adam Gase. Adam Gase again? <laughs> Adam Gase. Of course he is right now. Of course. More stuff just came out. Bradley McDougal talked about after the game that their practices haven't been good. Richie just texted me. Avery Williamson talked about how their practices have been very slow. Indictment of the coach. Um, so, he's the heavy favorite. Matt Patricia went up in the rankings as well. I don't actually have the odds in front of me. Matt Patricia Trisha's number two yeah, now, it's I believe. Up and then Quinn and Williams had a big game last week. Yeah, the best game of his career. Um, and Dan Quinn shot up the rankings. So let's talk about a little NFL history before we get into our picks. Um, um, the Falcons became the first team in NFL history to lose. Josh, I'm sorry. There's another team involved in this. Uh, the first team to score 39 points, commit zero turnovers, and lose. Previously before that, teams were 444 and 0. I was about to say, I heard that. 404, 440 and 0 before that. The Lions became the first team in NFL history to lose four straight games after having a double-digit lead. Pretty fucking bad. It was awesome. Um, so why don't we get into our picks now? Josh had a stellar week last week, going 15-1. and one. His only loss being from the football team. Thanks, football um, team. Thanks, football team. Ironically, the one of only two upsets you took. Um, you got your other one right. Taylor had a very good week at 14-2. and two. I had a good week by any standard, but not a, compared to you guys at 12-4. and four. Uh, Josh is in the lead. Uh, we're pretty closely knit right now. Uh, Josh is 26-6. and six. Taylor is 21-11. and 11, And I am 19-13, and 13, heading into week three. Uh, so why don't we jump right into it? Um, first game of the week is a Thursday night game. My team, the Miami Dolphins, coming off a loss to the Buffalo Bills that they, by all accounts, probably should have won, but they just couldn't put it away. Um, and the, the the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had a spirited effort against the Titans uh, before losing. Uh, the Jaguars are three point favorites at home, and this is not homerism. The Dolphins are going to win. Um, for a couple reasons here. Uh, the Dolphins' offense seems to be going. And the other reasons I'm thinking this is because what I saw Miami do against Buffalo, uh, specifically a pretty good running team, contained the run. Josh Allen threw all over him after Byron Jones went down. I could have told you that coming as soon as he got hurt. Um, but specifically, what they did against the Patriots, which you then saw the Patriots do against the Seahawks, they limited Cam Newton's passing game. Couldn't contain the run, but they limited in passing. And he was trying to pass as well. Limited it. Crazy that Cam, uh, Julian Edelman's highest receiving yardage game of his career came with Cam Newton. Um, I, I like what I'm seeing from Miami's offense, specifically from the tight end position in Mike Gusecki. Um, I, I like Gardner Minshew, but you saw kind of the highs and lows of a quarterback like him. Very, very Ryan Fitzpatrick in this game, uh, where he can make every three throws in a game where he's going to put you ahead and then that backbreaker towards the end. Uh, Miami's uh, running game is getting going with Miles Gaskin. Uh, I, I'm liking the linebacker, Jerome Baker. I, I think Miami's going to win an ugly close game that's going to come down in the fourth quarter and which team is going to make more plays. We know that the Titans are going to be without A.J. Brown. Um, it's just going to come down if Miami can uh, pass, uh, rush the passer a little bit more. But finally, they're not going to have to worry about a quarterback that can run all over them, which they were worried about with Josh Allen. Xavier Howard's getting better and better as the season's gone on and he's gotten healthier. Uh, Miami wins this by three. 
Give me the Jaguars. Jaguars are gonna finally gonna win the game this year. It's gonna be. They won a game already this year. Gonna win a second game this year. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they beat the Colts. Week yeah, one. they beat the Colts. I forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. But so uh, a play of the week I made last week, and I did say it was a prop week, but around Sunday morning I decided to go look at lines again. Uh, fuck your Dolphins for backdoor covering. That's horse shit. But I'm more proud that the fucking the tight uh, that the the Jaguars covered seven points against the fucking Titans. Um. Minshew, there's a swagger there that seems that they're gonna get there eventually. It's like that fits magic kind of. I still don't think so, he's gonna be the long term answer. Oh, definitely not. But you know, he, he's a good enough quarterback to you know. Teams make, rally around him. It's make this season exciting in Jacksonville and Duval County. So give me the Jaguars and give me the points. Uh, I am gonna take the Jaguars as well. Minshew mania is running wild. Uh, I'm here for it, dude. I love Minshew Mania. I love him, too. I don't love him this week. I did like Fitzpatrick when he interviewed the media today. Yeah. They're talking about their facial hair, and he like he goes, I'm sorry. The only guys that just grow mustaches, they can't. it's because they can't grow beards because it grows in patchy, and he puts his beard right up to the fucking camera. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's going to be... I believe that guy went to Harvard. <laughs> I think it's going to be a really good game. I think they match up pretty well. It'll be a um, good game. But uh, I do think uh, Xavier Howard on Chark, dude, it's going to be a good match. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. I think, um, I, you know, the kid after Byron Jones went down, the rookie whose name last name I still can't pronounce was matched up with Stefan Diggs because they were still limiting Howard because he was coming back from injury. But Howard played really well down the stretch. Um, the rookie safety to watch, I think he's going to have his first turnover is Brandon Jones, who leads all safeties in passer rating against right now. Uh, he's killing it. So we'll see. Uh, next game, the San Francisco 49ers decimated by injuries. Despite that, crushed the New York Jets, taking on the New York Giants, who are now without Saquon Barkley for the year. Um, but San Francisco took some huge losses. Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, uh, and we don't know what's up with Jimmy Garoppolo. Despite that, 49ers are going to win this game. And Raheem uh, Mostert, dude. And Raheem Mostert, yeah, after the 80-yard run on the first play where no one touched him. Um, I think the 49ers win this game. Uh, I the Giants don't look any better this year than they did last year. It's a rebuilding year. First year head coach, kind of getting used to it. Daniel Jones is still averaging two turnovers a game, which is just... You can't do. I, I You can't you, do You it. can make every throw... You hate to see it. You, 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 dude, you really hate to see it. What, that he's turning it over like Who that? Who cares? Daniel Jones stinks, dude. He, I know, and it's crazy. Like, the two worst teams in the league this year could be both New York teams. They might finish 1-2. That's going to make me feel better than when Dwayne Haskins has a better career than Daniel Daniel Jones. Jones. When I fucking said, And it's funny because you'll watch Jones. It. You'll watch him make you know 18 throws a game. You're like, I see it, I see it, I see it. And then you see those four players where you're like, ooh. Dude, he has he has like a John Starks mentality. He does great, and then he does one bonehead thing that fucks you. Yeah, and it's funny because like that was Eli Manning's career, but Eli was just he was I feel like cooler under pressure. He didn't fumble the ball like Daniel Jones does. He turned he didn't turn the ball over in big in like real crunch time, like no playoff time. Obviously, he hasn't gotten there yet. But like when I mean, he still threw almost like he threw twenty seven interceptions. Of course, in yeah, he, he definitely he Eli he would always you know what Eli was he wouldn't throw the back breaking he wouldn't throw the back breaking interception he. Would have a five interception game. That's yeah, what facts. it was. It would but, be he's great or he's and, really and bad. Jones. You could see some of the physical intangibles. I like his poise. I see more poise in him than I do in Sam Darnold on the you know from the other New York team. I disagree with you on that. Uh, I definitely see more poise because he doesn't get he doesn't get trigger happy. He gets careless. He doesn't get the happy feet behind the line. Well, there's no one blocking for him. What else? What are you gonna do? I, I, but Daniel Jones doesn't have anyone blocking for him either. His offensive line is ass too. They got they held Saquon Barkley to 15 rushing yards in Week One. It's a fucking bad offensive line there too with basically all new players I still think the jury's out on both guys I like Daniel Jones's poise more than Sam Darnold I don't see him seeing ghosts back there because he's got that dumb Eli oh, thing everyone fucking says I know, that I know but you don't see so Eli never got 
got rocked in games. He never got like all. He like, got rocked in games no, a lot. No, what do you mean? I'm talking about he didn't get like startled where he was like uh 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 throwing it around like you see with Sam Darnold. I I, I hated people sharing that throw that Sam Darnold made the, this week. Yes, it was a very impressive throw when they were down thirty one three and the defense isn't I really playing. That, but, he's, but he still made the throw. He still so he still made the throw, but it's in a, a time that doesn't matter. The because ability he, is there. He was horrible in that game, Sam. We're gonna talk about the Jets in the minute. He was horrible. You can't tell me that Sam Darnold's been better than Daniel Jones at this point in their career. That's not what I said. But I'm, Daniel Jones has more poise than Sam Darnold does. That cannot be debated at this point. It can't be. It, it's literally be, both guys have played almost the same amount of games because Sam Darnold got fucking the kissing cooties last year. Kissing and cooties. Kissing cooties. Um, but going anyway, um, the 49ers, despite all his injuries, we don't really know what's up with Jimmy Garoppolo. They're the better coach team. They still have more talent. Uh, I... I'm not comfortable with it, but I haven't. Like, the Giants have showed some fight in the last couple of weeks. They came down right to the last play in the, the Bears game. They shut the defense, shut them out. The defense actually played considerably well, besides one bad half against the Steelers. I'm still going to take the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they're four point favorites. I don't like that spread, though. Uh, I'm going to take the San Francisco, too, just because they uh, Shanahan does have um, experience with Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins does know the offense. So there's a little bit, there's a lot of familiarity there. Even though, even if he was just a regular backup, it's Still could be a thing. Um, the, it's going to be a hard game. What are the well, what's the what's the what's the Forty Niners as of today on Tuesday are four point favorites. Four point favorites. Do not take those points. No. Take a money line. But yeah. San Francisco is going to take that game. Yeah. Josh, who's home? Uh, the Giants. But what's home? Home is oh, yeah, what hot is. What? Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking uh, well, well, I mean, travel. No. I'm going to take the Giants. It's well, a big you gotta, deal. no, there's no travel because they played at MetLife this week against yeah, they, the Jets. They, they're yeah, staying they home. They stayed. Uh, yeah, I'm still going to take the Giants. I'll roll with it. <laughs> All right. Fuck okay, it. Why not? All right, next. Everybody's hurt in that game. Yeah, I know. Everyone is. Uh, Next game is the Washington football team at the Cleveland football team. Uh, The Browns getting their first win of the year. A really fun game against the Bengals. Uh, You saw what that offense is capable of behind that running game. As talented an offense as there is in the league as far as skill position players go, for my money. Uh, You finally saw it. When they get Baker doing what he's best at, rolling out of the pocket and throwing on the run, um, there's there's not many defenses outside of the Ravens that'll be able to slow that down consistently. Um, football team had a really good week one, not so good week two. You saw the inaccuracy and the inexperience of Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I don't like Cleveland being seven-point favorites here, but I do like Cleveland to win this game. Uh, I'll take Cleveland too, but uh, definitely they're not going to cover the seven points. Um, Cleveland, it, it, it all comes down to Nick Chubb. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield made a lot of great throws against a really bad secondary. So yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to judge. I and mean, he was benefited by 200 yards rushing on the ground. Big facts. Yeah. And I, I won a lot of money. Nick Chubb, first to- first touchdown scorer. I won a lot of money on that bet, so that was fun. Um, but, yeah, the Browns are just a better team. Um, I do like the swagger that Ron Rivera has brought to the Washington football team. They had a bad first half. They got played better in the second half. Yeah. And I didn't love his coaching in that game, specifically in the second half. you got to open it up more. I know you don't trust your quarterback yet, but you got to open up a little bit more. Take some, with the way they call flags now, even though penalties are down this year, take some shots when you're behind and get a penalty or well, something. Well, especially with the way, you know, that the, like they're, they're not going to compete. So why, no. why wouldn't you just go balls I, out and go for I it? think Miles Garrett, uh, his stat, he hit Joe Burrow eight times in that game. He had eight yeah. pressures, rather. Eight pressures in that game. And, um, you know, the Redskins offensive line is not very good, especially with the loss of Trent Williams. I think Miles Garrett's going to have a huge game. Yeah. I think uh, Chase, 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 I'm going to say Chase Daniel. Uh, Chase, Chase Young is going to have a big time. Yeah, he probably, he's off to a great start. Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Browns, too. Okay. 
All right, uh, next game, uh, the winless Cincinnati Bengals at the winless Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are six-point favorites at home. Lots of turmoil in Philly right now. Finally, questions about Carson Wentz as he looks like he's regressing behind a horrible offensive line. Doug Peterson's coaching is leaving a lot to be desired right now as well, and the hot seat is officially on him, which is kind of crazy to think about. Guy that will find a job in a fucking second if he gets fired. Yeah. Um, Bengals, uh, spirited effort, again, in their first two weeks of the season. Um, uh, I, I love what I'm seeing from Joe my only question is always going to be his arm strength, but he's so smart that it shouldn't matter. It's a subpar arm, but he's so smart. You should not be throwing the ball 61 times a game as a rookie, but when you're... He, that's on the coach. That's though. on the coach, and I don't I don't love Zach Taylor. I've seen... I saw Zach Taylor in Miami. I do not love his offensive play calling. Uh, they have good position players in, in uh, Cincinnati. They did just lose their tight end to the year in that game after he scored a really nice touchdown on an even better pass. Um, but I like the Eagles in this one. They did some nice things for points at, uh, at certain points in the Rams game. Uh, this time, they're not playing a team with the talent that the Rams have, or um, uh, Washington even. Uh, Cincinnati is still one of the worst teams in the league, specifically on defense. This is the kind of game where Carson Wentz is going to make some of those plays. You're like, alright, maybe he's got it. Maybe he's just playing a bad team, but he's going to have enough to beat the Bengals on Sunday. Uh, this is a hard one to pick, because I want to go Cincinnati, but I, I have to go Philadelphia. Philadelphia is just a better team on paper. Uh, and as much as I love Joe Burrow, and I love what he's doing, it's just not... They're going to win a game game or two. It's just not this week. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a week that Philadelphia really bounces back. Uh, C.J. Miles or whatever, uh, whatever. I forget the running back's name but C.J. Miles, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders yeah. had a really bad fumble his first carry yeah. back. Uh, you know, it's going to take time for them to figure it out. And on top of that, Zach Ertz and the GM and the coach are going back and forth. Yeah. Zach Ertz is going to be an eagle for much longer. Um, but with all that, you know, considering, just give me Philadelphia, but do not take those points. No, Josh. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Eagles too. I don't think it's time to, you know, call uh, call Wentz bust. Just yeah, yet. no shot. You could say he's regressing a little bit, but you also can't let your QB get hit like he was. Right. Um. So yeah. Uh. Next game. This is a good one. Uh. The two and zero Las Vegas Raiders Bullshit. at the two and uh, the one and one New England Patriots. Patriots five and a half point favorites at home, coming off a, a great game and a loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Stopped at the goal line. Um. But uh. Cam Newton with one of the best passing days of his career against a good defense in Seattle, although I don't understand why you would ever have Jamal Adams in coverage because, holy shit, he's amazing at the line, but he cannot play in coverage at all. He's a fourth linebacker. Yeah, he's a fourth linebacker. Um, The Raiders uh, beating the Saints uh, last night in a game that... uh, I don't know if they beat them as much as the Saints' offense the Saints, is the not Sa- there. The Saints lost it more than the fucking Raiders. Beat. Yeah, I mean, they put the Saints... Ten penalties for the, 130 The, the, the Saints are the yards. only team in football right now that have over 200 yards in penalties. And uh, you saw that, and the, the reason I've always disliked Janoris Jenkins because he fucking kills you. Uh, I like the Patriots in this game. I, I like them at five and a half as well. I think they cover that. I think that uh, Cam's got that offense moving pretty good. He can still run it. He can still throw it. Will he hold up for 16 games as to, to be said, he's taken a lot of hits in his career, but right now I don't worry about that. I don't worry about the this, the Raiders defense too much. Uh, I still don't like Derek Carr. He, you know, it looked like he had a good game last night on stat line, he but when you watched it, by his wide uh, uh, and his tight end uh, Darren Waller was amazing last night. Um, but uh, I'm going to take the Patriots, and I think they cover the five and a half as well. Uh, fuck, because I want to take New England, but I just, if DK Metcalf did that to them deep and Henry Ruggs is healthy, what do you think Henry Ruggs is going to do to him and he's faster? So uh, give me the Raiders and I, I do it gritting my fucking teeth. Okay. So this is a tough one for me to pick because uh, to me that defense is better than what Derek Carr can put forward. But yeah. at the same time, if 
Josh Jacobs can break break a couple if those wide receivers can get behind the secondary. Yeah. Uh, Cam doesn't have the firepower to keep up with what this offense could do if they have a good day, so I'm going to take the Raiders. All right. Exactly my thoughts. Yeah, I don't. I still don't love Henry Ruggs. I, I I don't think I Henry Ruggs had what one catch last night or no catches? I think no, no. He had he had he had a touchdown catch. I'm pretty sure. No, he didn't have one. I he didn't. Sure, I'm about ninety nine percent sure. Going into the fourth quarter, he did not have a catch. Well, I mean, okay, it's not it's not a touchdown catch, but he had a big fucking penalty. That, yeah, he uh, did. Well, on Janor, Janoris Jenkins, he yeah, did have he a big a, penalty. Big, big fucking um, but I don't think uh, I was. I didn't like what I was seeing from last night, and now he's going to be matched up against Stefan Gilmore, who did not have a great game. He didn't have a terrible game against the uh, the Seahawks. He had one bad touchdown, but other than that, he played a pretty damn good game. Yeah, but you, you, you got to stop Darren Waller. Then nobody has nobody's figured that out. No, no, not not just yet. But let's, especially uh, with on. the Saints linebackers, Anzalone and Demario Davis couldn't stop Darren Waller. What the fuck you think? Uh, Henry Ruggs had one catch for four yards. Yeah, and three targets. I mean, that doesn't mean it's going to change next week. Yeah, either, I, I, I don't like that matchup against Stephon Gilmore and uh, Devin McCourty. But, um, yeah, so I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, Josh, this is your game. The undefeated 2-0 Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons with only the second worst, in, lost, worst loss in franchise history. Um, and the F- Falcons, despite being 0-2, facing a 2-0 team, are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Josh? Well, you know, you do always have the offensive firepower, but you have no defense to speak of. And no coach. You have a coach who is a defensive guru. So I understand you got a defensive guru and he's coaching a team that is giving up 38 points a game. And uh, let, let's just also say this. Pretty bad. Didn't know how to recover an onside kick. You know how you recover an onside kick? You fall on, you fall on it. And it, it doesn't matter if you're, the re- if you're the receiving team, you can touch the ball Anywhere on the field. If you're the kicking team, got to go ten yards. Ten yards. It's got to go ten yards. They, so they watch it like the it was a punt rolling the inside the five yard what, line. Where's the awareness there? Not only that, some more stats that Dan didn't put before <laughs> Sunday. Teams were one thousand eight hundred and seventy five and six when leading by fifteen or more points going into the the final five minutes. Not even the fourth quarter. The final five minutes of regulation over the last twenty years in the NFL. <laughs> the Cowboys. Were one and thirty-five <laughs> prior to this game when trailing by nineteen points at halftime. You sure you don't want a dart? <laughs> I'm sure I don't want a dart. I'm good. What I want is for Arthur Blank to fire Dan Quinn. What's so hard? What's so difficult? What is too so... much loyalty? I know, I know. You know, the man is the man is an actual saint. He's done so much for the city of Atlanta. He's done so much for the players on his Lowe's. team. Or Home Depot, Home Depot. not Home Depot. Depot. Uh, you know, he's, his divorced he's, wife took half his money and made Lowe's. He's one of he, he's one of the most charitable billionaires in the country. Big facts, you know. So you have to give the guy credit for that, but you can't let loyalty. That's come a game in the where way. I'd fire a guy, even if it was only his second game ever. Like yeah. that, it, that That's onside kick was one of the most pathetic displays. That was like Leon Lett touching the ball on Thanksgiving. That, but this was worse because it wasn't just one player that watched it that was closest to it. They were like all, they literally was like watching a punt roll inside the five yard line. I was watching, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? I, so, I knew that they were going to lose the game at the beginning of the game. I, yo, you texted us. I posted I, the screenshot. Well, no, even before then, before the game even started, I knew they were going to lose because I'm sitting there. I turned the game on and they're just talking random stats about the team. You know, this is a pretty big game for the Atlanta Falcons. They haven't gone 0-2 in a while. The last time they went 0-2, 2007 head coach Bobby Petrino. I said they're going to lose this fucking game. (laughs) (laughs) So who are you taking in this game? You picked against them last week. 
and you won. So technically, you technically you lost and you won. I know, right? Uh, it, it, it's in Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> Who are they playing? <laughs> Chicago. Oof. If they give up thirty points, <laughs> they to fucking Mitchell Trubisky. <sighs> I'll give me the Falcons. Okay, Taylor. Give me the Falcons. Uh, yeah, I too am going to take the Falcons. Um, I'm sorry, dude. I, I, I think like, that uh, take Trubisky, th- man. Uh, yeah, I, I can't yet. Despite him being two and zero, and he's played. He actually, I saw a thing. He had statistically the greatest fourth quarter in NFL history this past week. I don't know what that means. I didn't read into him. Like, that's not true. But um, he's played pretty well, but I still don't like him to be efficient enough to keep up with the Falcons' offense against a very good Bears defense, mind you. But they did get shut. The Bears' offense did get shut out in the second half against the Giants. The Falcons got to have this one. If they come out and lose this game, Dan Quinn has to be the first coach fired because that team has quit on him. There's no moral victories in this kind of game. Didn't Keanu Neal get hurt again too? Who? Keanu Neal? Keanu Neal or Ricardo Allen? Did he? I I don't know. Add it to the list if he did. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he let's did. See. I, there was a there was a Falcon safety that went out. I just didn't see the name. I know that for a fact. Let's see, it's Keanu Neal. Let's see what the news is with Keanu Neal. <laughs> um, no, it just no. Uh, but it says so. The headline is 19 hours ago. Ke- Falcons Keanu Neal six solo tackles Sunday. The next one, Falcons 39, Cowboys 40. Dan Quinn deserves to be fired right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're all taking the Falcons. Uh, next game. This is a really good game. Uh, the LA Rams at two and zero against the two and zero Buffalo Bills. Bills two point favorites at home. Bills coming off their win over the Miami Dolphins. Josh Allen the best passing game, passing day of his career, uh, which pains me because they dropped at least three interceptions at the same time. So much fun to watch because you never know where a pass is going. Sometimes um, his mechanics get a little off and he gets inaccurate, but he was fantastic against the Dolphins on Sunday. Rams uh, another nice win for them against the Eagles. Um, you know, Goff wasn't great, but he was good enough. Their defense was pretty good. Uh, Bills being two-point favorites at home. I'm taking the Rams as one of my upsets this week. I think that uh, what I saw from the Dolphins getting interior pressure with limited pass rush, um, I think Aaron Donald's going to have a big game and force Josh Allen into some of those mistakes that have not been caught by the defenses yet. I, I think that... Um, it's just one of these games where it's going to come down to the final drive, more or less. And I'm going to take the Rams in that final drive. The Bills always kind of do this where you know, they win two, lose one, win two, lose one. That's kind of what I'm expecting here from this team. Um, they're they're still banged up at linebacker. Um, and that you saw that with what Mike Gusecki did to them. with uh, Had the best tight end game in Dolphins history for eight receptions and 180 yards, I think it was, or 160 yards. And a touchdown. That one catch he made, the one-handed grab. And the Rams offense matching up with the way they move around round um, specifically is a nightmare when you don't have linebackers to match up with it. So I'm going to take the Rams. Give me the Rams uh, just because uh, it's fucking thrown against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Like it's just not, it's not gonna it, Josh Allen. Everything catches up eventually. I do enjoy watching Josh Allen play exactly what you said. Yeah. You know, it's life. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know which Josh, Josh Allen you're going to get. Yeah. You never know what team it's going to. And uh, I, I, the addition of Stefan Diggs has been very good. It's been yes. very beneficial. He's been very good in Buffalo. Um, but it's just that Rams defense is good enough to stop 
that slow them down. Th- I mean, th- to stop them enough where they're not going to score as many points as they should in that Bills defense, while being all pro caliber and one of the one of the better defenses in the league. Even though it's a bend don't break, they're eventually going to break. Yeah, because for sure. they, they should have lost one of those two games yeah. at least. Yeah, Miami had them. Miami had them on the ropes and just there didn't have the, uh, the didn't have the experience. That's why the only way I'm mad about it is because they weren't going to fucking win, and they they, they, they backdoor cover by half. They were winning with five minutes left, and then they just gave. They up. weren't going to win the fucking game. They were not going to win. Yes, the they were. Game. No, they weren't. They, they were not. Killed they were them not, in the second half. They were not going to win the game at all. No, they, no, they were not. Yes, they were. Absolutely not. Yes, they, they were. were. Absolutely not going to win that game. Yes, they were. No shot. They there they was, sh- was no point throughout that game that I thought Miami was honestly going to. They had. They were winning with multiple times in the second half. The Falcons were winning multiple times in the second half. No, they fucking lost too. Winning the entire the entire second half. Listen, let's be fair. The Dolphins had a better no, chance. No, 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 no. No, the Dolphins did not have a better chance. The Falcons had a better chance no, of winning no, than the Dolphins I, no, had. No, I was going to say the Dolphins had a better chance of winning um, in their two games than the Broncos did either of their two games. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, so, uh, Josh. shit out of me. Josh, you criteria every who, who fucking are you taking? Time. Um, to me, Josh Allen is a okay to decent quarterback and okay to decent quarterback versus... Aaron Donald, I'll take Aaron Donald in that matchup every time. All right. Not even Aaron Donald, dude. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. The two. All right. You know what I mean? Like, that's wild to me. Next game, the 0-2 Houston Texans against Bad. the 2-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Steelers, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, Mike Tomlin made a good point that, you know, I actually think this game is going to be a little closer than expected. Because the Texans, uh, he said, have played the two best teams in football, the Chiefs and the Ravens. And uh, two pretty good defenses, two pretty good, damn good offenses. Uh, Arguably the two best offenses in the league. But I do like the Steelers in this game. That defense is so fucking good that Big Ben doesn't even need to be good in a game to win. That defense is too much. Um, Lamar Jackson has no help uh, to throw to. Uh, and he's going to start making mistakes. He's probably going to get hurt this year, unfortunately. Because I'm, uh, no, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson. I'm mixing up my uh, not white quarterbacks. Oh, uh, yeah, they look I, the same to you, I, huh? No, uh, that's you know what? Yeah, that's my um, my my white um, uh, white privilege. privilege. My white privilege. I almost said white supremacy talking. <laughs> I made an ass of myself. My white privilege talking. Um, Deshaun Watson's going to get hurt, which sucks because I love watching him play. Uh, he's a gamer, but um, the Steelers' defense is too much, so I'm going to take the Steelers and the points. Uh, just seeing what the Steelers did to Denver last week from the defense line perspective really really worries me about Deshaun Watson they hurt Drew Locke I mean and Deshaun all the, Watson all the Watts on the field in this game and yeah I know and Deshaun Watson is going to be running for his life like he always does anyway but uh, Cameron Hayward pencil him in for two sacks and I can't wait to see the JJ Watt versus uh the fullback on the Steelers um that's yeah, no, the other it's, it's his brother yeah and Derek Watt yeah and then TJ Watt on the Steelers defense that's, yeah. that's really cool so um so I mean it's going to be a good game but uh the Steelers are going to pull this out because you said it during the game on Sunday is there anyone better at finding no name wide receiver that are no, every time. They, it, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Deontay Johnson is a very good wide Yeah, dude. And uh, the, uh, um, Chase Claypool this past week, fucking awesome. But he, but he was at least a big-time yeah, draft was, pick from Notre big, Dame. He was a big-time draft pick, but he wasn't one of these. He wasn't pushed like, off, by the way. He wasn't Jerry Judy. He wasn't fucking C.D. Lamb. He wasn't getting that kind of hype, and he comes out 84 yards. Yeah, it's, he, yeah, it's fine. He pushed off. Yeah, he pushed off. That's fine. Um, Josh? Uh, I will take the Steelers. Okay. I figured we were all going to take the Steelers in that one. Uh, next game, uh, the 2-0 Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill playing out of his mind. Uh, Derrick Henry off to a slow start, only averaging 3.6 yards per carry. But he's a guy I expect to get better as defenses get worn down throughout the season against the 0-2, dreadful-looking Minnesota Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins with one of the worst games you could possibly have as a quarterback. Um, I'm not going to spend much time on this one. Titans are better. Uh, Titans. Yeah, give me the Titans and John Smith. Titans. 
Titans. All right, so we're all taking them. Uh, next game, the 0-2 Carolina Panthers against the 1-1 L.A. Chargers. The Chargers, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Okay, are they six and a half point favorites? If Tyrod, Ta- what is what is Anthony Lynn doing? He he, he really needs. He should be fired for what he said about fucking Justin Herbert. What, what is? He, what, they, they took the defending Super Bowl champions to overtime. And what's crazy is I I, I read this today is that. Patrick Mahomes has never thrown for 300 yards against the Chargers. The Chargers play him really, really well. It's, yep. it's weird how some teams just match up with you a certain way, no matter how bad or how good they are. Like Tom Brady always playing in Miami, struggled. It's one of these weird things. But you saw what happened. Herbert played a pretty good game. He had a, a rookie mistakes, but that's expected. It's couple, for starting exactly, NFL, exactly. Um, but if they go out there with uh, with uh, fucking Tyrod Taylor, who's a, a quality backup. He's a good guy to have on your team. You need a guy like that. Um, but I, I don't know what he's thinking there. Despite that, the, the Panthers lost um, uh, Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey for four to six weeks. Um, Teddy did not have a very good game. Uh, they're playing competitively to an extent, but I don't like the talent on Carolina. Um, I like the defense on on the Chargers quite a bit, especially when you you know we talked about during the Browns Bengals game. Um, are the Bengals this? Um, Good or who's worse? Are the Bengals that bad or the Chargers that bad? We weren't sure. Maybe the Chargers have a pretty good defense, which we know they have a good secondary. With no Derwin James. Yeah, with no Derwin James, who at this point might be the fucking next Bob Sanders, only one year of him, really. Yep. But um, I'm going to take the Chargers. I don't like the spread, though. I'm not comfortable with that because I don't know who's playing quarterback. Uh, who are the Chargers playing again? The Panthers. Yeah, give me the Chargers. Josh? Uh, yeah, the Panthers is nothing without McCaffrey. Give me, uh, give me Chargers. Yeah, although Robbie Anderson's playing fucking great. He's playing fucking great. You think the Jets could have used him? <laughs> I, I, Robbie Anderson could not alone help that offense. No, he couldn't, but he'd help out Sam Darnold a little bit. Give him somewhere to throw downfield. Let's give Jameson Crowder a fucking like, uh, opportunity to get open. Well, he's hurt now, so he didn't play this past week. Ugh. Well, speaking uh, of the Jets, I saw a, a, a Twitter interaction that kind of made me laugh a little bit. Um, I don't know, some, some Jets Twitter personality tweeted about uh, the, the period of time where you had uh, Santana Moss and then Lavernius Coles and Jericho Cotri was yeah. there too. And then Richie tweeted at this guy that he was a huge fan of when Moss, Cotri, and Coles were on this, were, were all playing together. And the guy tweets him back and goes, unfortunately, those three were never on the team at the same time. <laughs> Richie, you cunt. That's funny. Um, which we're on it's the next team. that we didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, so on to the Jets. Uh, the New York Jets taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts getting their first win of the season over the Vikings. Uh, Colts are 10.5-point favorites at home don't, against the Jets. Don't touch That's that. way too big of a spread. Don't touch um, that spread. But uh, the way the Jets have looked, if you're ever going to take a big spread, maybe it's that game. I still wouldn't. I, I wouldn't either. Is a lot. I wouldn't either, but the Jets look completely lifeless. They look They look like the worst team in the league. If, if I, it looks like they actually quit on Gaves, to be honest with you. Uh, in week one. Yeah, week in week one. In, in week one. I mean, and they have multiple players coming out speaking about how the practices are in a, a guy that's played on competitive teams in Bradley McDougal, a very good player in Avery Williamson who only played 15 snaps on Sunday. Which is ridiculous. He's the best middle linebacker he's got. And then, you know, you're seeing it with Gaze where he, you know, it's a third and 13 and he throws a, a screen. And, you know, this is the thing. I saw it in Miami where he'll run, you know, 30 screens in a season and three of them are big spectacular plays and you're like oh the, then the commentary there's the genius and uh, uh, I the Jets are really really bad and um, they you know Mekhi Becton looks fucking unbelievable but it's not doing anything for anyone it's not helping them they're not a better team with him right now it, which is crazy to think when you have a guy like that that you still can't move the ball fucking more than seven yards 
Uh, you know, you're down in the third quarter, 24-3 on fourth down in the red zone, and you kick a field goal to make it 24-6. And Gase's excuse is, I didn't have any plays drawn up that uh, I thought could get us the first down. What does that mean? I, your the, job yeah. is to draw plays up to get you first. You're always looking at your fucking notebook. Um, yeah, I'm not spending much more time. Colts. Yeah, give me Colts. the Colts. I, I'm not taking the ten points though. The ten points is too no, much. No, I wouldn't either. But if there was ever a team to bet against to take that with, it's this Jets team. I don't even want to know what the money line is. It's probably yeah. plus six eighty or yeah. something like that. Josh. Uh, I am definitely taking the Colts. All right. Next game, uh, good one. Dallas Cowboys at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks with that um uh, you know Dallas going to Seattle. That, yeah, Dallas going to Seattle. Um, the Seahawks are four and a half point favorites at home. Russell Wilson has eleven incompletions this year, and one of them was that interception that was not his fault. Not that his was dropped. Yep. Um, the Cowboys, you know, they won. We, we talked about it already. Um, Dak played great, uh, great specifically down the stretch. Maybe the best game of his career, all things considered. Um, you know, only one touchdown, but he made the throws that mattered. So I, I want to ask. I loved McCarthy going for it on two. Um, that was one down by nine. That was fucking brilliant. So well, let me ask Josh, and I don't mean to re- uh, reopen old wounds or nothing like this, but I, I do. I, I'm being genuine when I ask. When Gallup catches that pass, do you think he was in? Or did you think at the time, like you like, because that's a very that's a very can go either way call, wishy washy call. But because it was called a catch on the field, is there enough evidence to overturn? Yeah, that if it call? was called not a catch, then it probably is the same thing. But right. because it was called a catch, but when I'm, so like your instant reaction, like do you th- honestly think he caught it? Because I thought his elbow came down before his ass hit. Uh. And I, I'm not trying. No, to, I'm I, not trying to give I'm you a scapegoat. Where like I'm, that's a bullshit, I'm going I'm to you know? dive into Josh's mind quickly, and I'm going to say that when, when he saw it happen, he said, "Oh, that's a catch because it's the Falcons, and they're going to blow a lead." Yeah, kind of, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Honestly, yeah. It was that, like I saw it. Was like, uh, um, but I'm I'm taking the Seahawks in this one. I love what they're doing on offense. I love what Russell Wilson's doing. Uh, it, it's you know I I know people. The the thing they're saying is he's never even gotten an MVP vote. He didn't have an MVP caliber year until last year. That was his yeah. best passing year. And then all Collinsworth did was talk about how he didn't send his vote in in enough time. And then he's like, well, they kicked me out of the club. Now. Oh, shut up. Um, but yeah, I like the Seahawks in this one. I just think that their offense is gonna too much offensive fire power against the Cowboys yeah uh, yeah I just think Dallas can't cover anybody deep yeah you know I mean? they don't Cal- have it I mean Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones really I mean mostly Calvin Ridley yeah, really Julio didn't, Julio didn't, Julio's washed up yeah yeah Julio's washed up it was yeah. washed up he doesn't know you know you're not going to meet his son if you yeah. go to Joe Biden <laughs> or but, if you I think Julio's still a good receiver I guess you know and yeah, then obviously yeah. you know when you quit on the Yankees they want a 10 game winning streak so stay you're suddenly far away. a big fan yeah uh, so my whole thing is here is that if Metcalf it, or if Calvin Johnson does that to the Cowboys, what is Metcalf going to do? Calvin I, Johnson? No, no, no. I said Calvin Ridley. No, you said no, Calvin you said Johnson. Calvin Johnson. <laughs> you did. Either way. <laughs> yeah, either way. Either way is fine. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. I'll, I'll, so, tell me you wouldn't tear him up too. Right no, now. He definitely, right now, he definitely Off would. Off the couch would have a yards. Dude, you could get Chris Chambers there and he would tear him up. Stop Chris Chambers. <laughs> but no, like if Calvin Ridley can do that, what do you think DK Metcalf yeah, is going to yeah. do? Um, and Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson. Th- that offense is too good for that defense to stop. So give me, the, give me Seattle. Give me the points. Josh? Um, yeah, there's a lot of offensive firepower. Uh, they've got a quarterback. He's my MVP. He's your New York Yankees second baseman. Their it. coach does not believe in 9-11 or COVID. It's <laughs> my favorite. the Seattle Seahawks. I, All right. I, listen, I ne- that's one thing Josh does. I never, I, it never yeah. gets old. Every time it. I just look at you like he's doing it. Again. I also love that he's thrown in every week now, two weeks in a row. Pete Carroll's a 9-11 truther. I know. And, and <laughs> I now he's a COVID it. truther. Is he really? Uh, well, he wasn't wearing he was, a mask he on was the sidelines. one side of the coaches that got joke. fined. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, he's okay. got to be a flat earther, right? <laughs> Probably. He's got to um, be a flat earther. All right, next game is uh, the 0-2 Detroit Lions against the 2-0 Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray playing out of his mind. That sold, run he had. 100% sold on this guy now. Yeah, he's, he's fucking awesome. I'm not spending much time in this. I think the Cardinals crush him. Uh, and I'll take the points at 5.5. Yeah, whatever D-Hop's op- odds are for an anytime touchdown score, hammer yeah. it. Dude. So you're taking the Cardinals too? And the points. And, and the points. They're going to cover. They're, they're Smash the over. Same game parlay. Fun, fun team to watch, dude. The they Cardinals are. are a lot of fun Yo, to watch. Kyler Murray with that little stutter step oh, dude, to get in the end zone. Dude, was and like, literally, it was almost like you thought it was like a cocky one, and then he's just gone. Dude, the only awesome. person I saw do that was fucking Barry Sanders. Yeah, that like, was ridiculous. He, he's, that and his arm is fucking he's so stupid. tiny. I know. And he's so good. I know. And he plays powerful. That's the thing. Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm a big Kyler Murray guy, uh, a, a big Oklahoma fan who definitely knows a lot about football. Once told me that Baker Mayfield is going to be. Are you going to get a Kyler? Better. Are you going to get a Kyler Murray jersey <laughs> for should. your birthday? I should. <laughs> so you're taking the Cardinals? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's get him a CD Lamb jersey and see what they say. <laughs> uh, next game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off their first win at your Denver Broncos. Taylor, uh, Bron- the Bucks are six point favorites on the road. Taylor. So I had a nice little tirade that a, a lot of people enjoyed. A lot. I got a lot of text messages. Especially from Justin saying, I understand. That's <laughs> I me. get it. It's I me. get it. It's me every week. Um, there's too many injuries to overcome this yeah, season. Yeah. They're gonna, they listen, got a full season's worth in two weeks. Dude, like, so uh, Drew Locke is out. Now it's a rotator cuff. Keep him out as long as you can yeah. because, you know, why Blake Bortles is going to come and save us all. <laughs> Fucking Blake the savior, baby. Cortland Sutton is out with an ACL tear. Uh, Von Miller was out at the beginning of the season. AJ Boye is out. Bradley Chubb's in. Every. Big fuck, he stinks. <laughs> Every big like he was both and, our defensive rookie of the year pick last year. I'm just gonna throw up, but it, throw up on my dick. You like that one? I yeah. imagine. Yeah, that's well, what I said. You like that favor? <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, nah, at, at this point, I just want Denver to compete with good teams, and it seems like they did. I was very surprised at Jeff Driscoll last week. Yeah, he played came well. out of left fucking field. Played solid. Uh, Melvin Gordon really did step up after I yelled at him. See, that's what happens when you yell at these guys. They fucking listen. It doesn't work when you yell at us, though. I know, because <laughs> and I'll read it, and it comes full circle from the beginning of the show. I've made terrible choices yes, with my friends. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, I don't see Denver really winning this game. I think this is the first time that Tampa Bay really breaks out and really goes the distance. I said they were going to go for 40 points last week. They didn't, but thank God for Leonard Fournette for backdoor covering 47 mm, and true, a half points. True. Jesus Christ. So you know, Bob and I screaming. You're taking Tampa? Taking Tampa. Uh, I'm taking Tampa to cover six points. And I just, again, all I want from Denver is for them to compete. Okay. That's all I That's want. That's fair. I get it. I get it. Get the rookies. Every, uh, Let them all play. See what you got. Dude, so you got KJ. I don't mean to go up, but you got KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy as your number one and number two, both rookies. You got uh, uh, Michael Mudia, and you got another kid on the right side uh, starting at, uh, at cornerback. Both rookies. Then you got Josie Jewell, who doesn't know his ass from his elbow when it comes to fucking covering. He stinks. Trial by fire, dude. That's what you got to do sometimes. Just let it listen. Just let him go and trial by fire because you know why? This is, All that's happening this season is that Vic Fangio's going to stick around one more fucking year. And it's like, oh, good. Uh, and Jason Kraft, Cranfort fucking douche is like, oh, yeah, they're great coaching. Yeah, listen, Pat Shermer is a great coach. Offensively, I don't know who's coaching defense. Fuck yeah, him. no, Who cares? no. And then you got this fucking fossil piece of shit. But listen, just compete. That's all I want. And, okay. when, Drew, and when Drew comes back, you, you see what you got. You fucking cut Blake Bortles. 
Don't stick them around. Imagine they cut Driscoll and they keep Bortles. That would be stupid. <laughs> Driscoll uh, had fucking almost 300 yards yeah, passing he play- and two touchdowns. He man. played really well. Uh, I'm two taking Tampa, but I don't like the six. I actually think it's going to be close because I do not like what I'm seeing from Tom Brady. I don't like seeing what I'm seeing from Tampa. I don't like Rob Gronkowski at all. He looks horrible. They should be starting O.J. Howard yeah, every he, single time. Gronk, he, first off, he's still small, Well, I'll and say, he's looks slow. The only thing Gronk has done that has been very helpful has been the uh, an extra blocker. He, he can still block very yeah, yeah. effectively. But as far as being that no, game-changing no. pass catcher, the greatest tight end of all time. He is the greatest tight end gone. of all time, but he doesn't have the physicality anymore. Maybe he comes back as the season goes on. I'm talking like like in the passing game. He's not yeah, that no. number one threat. He doesn't anymore. have that stretch in the, that stretch in the seam anymore. Like he used to. Would, he's one of the greatest seam threats I've ever seen. And you would think a guy like that with an offense with Godwin on one side and uh, I almost said Heath Mike Evans, Evans. Heath Evans, Heath Evans, Heath Williams. <laughs> yeah, right. with Mike Evans on the other side, you think that there would be dude dink and dub ten yards all day, but it's not there. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Tampa game. Me the six too. All right, Josh. I will also take Tampa. Okay. Uh, next game, Sunday night game. On paper, a good game, but I actually think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, the Green Bay Packers at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints three point favorites at home, despite that loss. The Saints have a problem on offense, and that problem is one Drew Brees. I agree. Drew Brees has t- has uh, twelve pass attempts of ten yards or more, and he's only completed two of them. Drew looked really bad last what, night. What is an offense if it doesn't have any threat of throwing downfield, and it doesn't right now? And it's not just because Michael Thomas is out, because we, but that's the thing. Like Michael Thomas not throwing downfield no, to but, him but, either. But that's the thing. That that's <laughs> but that's the thing though. When you have a guy like Mike Michael Thomas who is so good at that getting to that first down marker. You don't and have to worry not about going anywhere else. It doesn't matter, dude. They've been better than the fucking Falcons, and they've been better than Julio Jones with that, despite the lack of explosiveness. Because you get the first down one marker season. every time. One, se- two seasons. He's one been better. Season. Than- He's been better than Julio for one two season. seasons. So you had fucking sixteen hundred yards two years it ago, does, dude. Over the last- how many touchdowns did he have? Shut up. Like, yeah, exactly. He scored more because he created something He's that Drew Brees opportunities could- in the end zone for Calvin Ridley. It did not last year. Or the year? No, no, no. no. He, uh, uh, Calvin no. scored nine last year. Okay, fine. Deal, deal. Fair there. But what Mike, Michael Thomas did, and the reason he was the best receiver in the league, is because he kept moving the chains. Every 142 receptions cannot be argued against. And when you take that away from Drew Brees, a Drew Brees that can no longer stretch the field, you completely eliminate the threats on offense that are not named Alvin Kamara. And the Green Bay Packers offense is playing out of its mind. They've added a physicality they have not had since the first couple years of Eddie Lacy. Yeah, Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones going, is bro. out of his fucking mind. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's having fun playing quarterback again. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder again. I love the Packers in this game. I like him to win by at least 14. So give me the Packers. Uh, give me the Packers. Uh, again, God bless you. You cover 14 points. Good. That's not happening. But Well, there's, the, the Saints are three-point favorites at home, but I think the Packers are going to win by two touchdowns. Yeah, but I don't think the Packers will win by two touchdowns. But give me the Packers anyway. Um, I just... They, Shit, the Raiders won by 10 last night. If they could if they could <laughs> Stop the run with Josh Jacobs. What do you think Aaron Jones is gonna do? Yeah, exactly. So uh it's I mean, to me, obviously we all know Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees's uh days were numbered, but I think there was about there, there was about five minutes where I went to Bob and I go, Bob, dude, if I'm Sean Payton, I legitimately think about putting Jameis in at this point. Yeah, I do because, too. Because you can't stretch the field. At least the threat of it. The yeah, threat that's what of I'm it. Saying. There's, there's no threat of it whatsoever. No, none. And then like there was there was one on that. And the fu- penalties, the penalties. Dude, the penalties are atrocious. Marcus Lattimore looks awful. Uh, Ramchek looks Jenkins, awful. Jenkins is playing decently. Jake, outside of the one call, which to me at that point in the game, it's an uncatchable ball. Yeah, I think it's a bad call to make, but I understand it, it was it was yeah. DPI 100. Yeah. But it's a bad call to make at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah, game, I agree. It's a, it's a back breaking call. I meant Malcolm Jenkins, not Janoris Jenkins. Malcolm I'm talking Jenkins. About Janoris oh, Jenkins. I'm talking about Malcolm Jenkins is playing pretty well. Janoris, that was that's just what Janoris Jenkins does in this spot. I understand yeah. that, but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a game yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a game breaking call on an uncatchable ball. Sure he hooked them, sure, but it's not a illegal spot. contact. It's not a spot foul. No, I agree. Get the fuck out of here. I don't like here. spot fouls anyway. I want the college rule. Fifteen yards, first down. I agree, and but it's hard for me to say that when Court when Sutton plays, he's the I know. best at doing it. I know. Uh, trust me, Devontae Parker does it all the time I know, too. Right. So I get it. But yeah, um, Packers. Packers. Uh, Josh. Uh, yeah, give me the Packers. Uh, buy Saints. Buy Drew Brees. Have fun at CBS. Jerk off. Probably going to drop forty on the Falcons in a couple weeks. But <laughs> yeah. who's he's going to be like, can't throw the ball downfield. He has like like thirty touchdowns in a game. <laughs> who's so? Wait, I need to ask who's running. Like Sean Payton's running the offense. Yeah, he always right? runs the offense. But so like, here's my question: What the fuck happened to Taysom Hill last week? I. Th- I, well, like, I'm not, I will him. not be surprised if they were genuine. They saw the injuries and they were like, "We got to be careful. He's our best weapon for the long haul." The long haul? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it for the long haul, um, he stinks too. Yeah, that's not true at all. <laughs> all right, that, that final was, game. Was why they even competed with Minnesota last year because Taysom, Taysom Hill, Hill put him put the team on his back though. Yeah, with a broken leg, <laughs> broken great. Uh, all right, and the Monday night game is a great game: Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. Both Dude, teams two and zero. Oh. My but my buddy Marcus and that's I. That's a good one. My yeah. buddy Marcus and I were going to go to this game until COVID happened. Yeah. When they released the schedule, we're like, in Baltimore ain't that bad. Do it, and then nope. Uh, but uh, so give me Baltimore. Baltimore is a three and a half point favorite at home. Give me Baltimore. Give me Baltimore in the points. Josh, I fucking love Lamar Jackson. I do too. He's awesome, dude. Yeah, because you like Michael Vick, so you know. Yeah, but there's he's a tre- like there's a trend like, here. Robert Griffin, Kyler Murray. Well, no, I mean he's better than Vick ever could have been. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, give, give me the Ravens, dude. Give me the Ravens at home. Fuck yeah. All right, I'm taking the Chiefs. Um, because of the sim- and as much as I love Lamar Jackson. I need to see him do it in a game where he's going to have to do it. Like, put up the points where he's going to play from behind. Yeah, it's going to be Monday night. It, it very well could be. I think it's going to be a great game, a really close game. On Monday yeah. night, too, those two guys, the biggest teams in the AFC, pa- that's a great Patrick game. Patrick Mahomes, listen to this fucking stat. He's 6-0 and in games where he's trailed by double digits in the fourth quarter. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> that is so that fucking is, ridiculous. He's literally, you're never behind with Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's the case here. Um, that throw he made to Tyreek Hill running to his right was He somebody, got touched. Uh, Tyreek Hill got fucking touched. But does, okay, I'm not. I'm not talking the touch. I'm just talking the ability to throw I, that I on a rope. I understand. And hit him in struck. Did it in the Super Bowl. I know. It's just. It's crazy. Every time you see it, I like the Chiefs here. I like what they can do on offense. I, obviously, I like what they can do on defense. Um, it's going to be the best defense they've played so far. I think it's going to be a barn burner. If it comes down to like, uh, it's an, in the 30s, the Chiefs win it. If they can hold the Chiefs under 30, the Ravens win. Is that fair to say? I think the Ravens. I think the Ravens could do it, man. Marcus Peters. To they me, definitely can do it. No, Mark, Mark, Marcus Peters to me is the better cornerback out of like. So we go Marcus Peters, Jalen Ramsey. I'll take Marcus. Better Peters playmaker. He does not have the shutdown ability that Jalen Ramsey does. No, in his no, career. no. Jalen Ramsey's really good at faking a fucking. Oh no, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. But when their careers, you're talking to dude that's given up 14 touchdowns in his career to a guy that's given up seven. That's fine. Jalen Ramsey. But, I mean, but he's a better playmaker. It was the argument about Revis versus Woodson. I would have taken Woodson because he would catch a ball and turn it to the house. While Revis didn't get turnovers right. as often, so that was the thing. If you you're talking shutdown ability, Revis is better. If you're talking playmaking ability, I'll take Woodson Mar- was better. I would take Marcus Peters because he's more of a lightning rod. Again, yeah. I, I had to keep to leap. Yeah, so I, that's that's where yeah. my thought process goes. All right, so those are our picks for the week. Uh, Josh, take us out. This is episode 120. of You watch, I listen. Uh, movie pick for this week was The Edge of Seventeen. I completely forgot.
forgot what I gave you. You gave me, <laughs> you fucking asshole. I just, I honestly. You forgot. gave me Ocean, a, Ocean's 8 Alaska, Lost Isle. I did. So I, just uh, had, I got a dedication this week. Okay. So I had a terrible week. Uh, the Falcons fucking let me down in ways that I could not even possibly think of before, and they fucking lost the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, so that's great. Uh, my song this week goes out to one Jerry Emer because the Falcons suck, but you know what happened this week? Somebody made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, Jerry. And I'm glad you're losing all your bets because I put the juju on you, you fucking piece of shit. I love it, dude. You union cunt. You make Mets fans look bad because you look bad. And you make me feel bad. You fucking slob. Jerry stinks. Jerry sucks. <laughs> Jerry stinks and sucks. He's, he's fucking crap and poop. <laughs> he asked me how I tied my shoes, fucking cunt. <laughs> and he did it, like, seriously. Like, I tied my shoes like a normal fucking person, you cocksucker. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Yeah, you know what? I do hate unions. Fuck, fucking yeah, shit on. ass. And I gotta pay your fucking salary and pay your fucking health benefits for the rest of your fucking life while I work my fucking ass off so I don't have to pay the fucking government extra fucking money so you can retire at 45 because you're a cunt? No, fuck you. Disband unions. Fuck you, Jerry. And fuck Justin. Later.